come with an echoey echoey room that's a hard that's a hard one for me i can't really say that well what are you echo, trying to say echoey echoey room echo <laughs> echoey oh. room echo oh that's where my e- oh that's where my <laughs> that's where my list comes in echoey room echo yeah but i want to go echoey room echoey room echoey room echo echoey room oh my yeah. god it's that's no echoey 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 room echoey oh, room takes a I lot really, man <clears throat> i struggle with the r's anyway do you yeah yeah for a long time i couldn't pronounce r's i'd be like i didn't know that yeah i used to get fucking rinsed for it um, <laughs> and i catch it every now and again ah. I'll, I'll slip into it oh no it's We've not caught you now yeah r's in general i just can't do i can't like roll r's i can't do like the blah, blah, blah. i can't do it oh bless you i know i don't think i have anything like that i just my words just don't come out or don't come out right <laughs> um i just spend a lot of time thinking and then it just doesn't come out i think they call that being stupid nowadays <laughs> but i'm not too sure <laughs> gotta be honest yeah no i i mumble i stutter i can't pronounce words correctly i have very limited vocabulary really just perfect conditions <laughs> yeah just terrible for podcasting for podcast. yeah <laughs> really bad We're still here though somehow <laughs> still good <laughs> that's amazing I've just read up here that um, Walkers is having a a crisis Alex um, oh, no not a crisis I whatever, know. Could, whatever could be happening <laughs> um, apparently they're having a shortage um, and people are now taking to eBay to sell the packets of Chris for well over their in-store asking price um, that's pretty funny how I'm not quite sure how much but yeah, how mm. badly do you want <laughs> Walkers? Because I only ever eat like Walkers Chris if it's like, if it's just there, or it's like um, part of a meal deal. I don't just go. I don't just go out and buy crisps. No, I, I, I don't really do that. I don't know if that makes me weird. No, I'm not really a big crisp person myself. Um... We had we actually had a debate in the studio today about um, crisps, and it got quite heated. Um, understandably some, of course I mean it you do have some quite controversial crisps crisp taste to be fair <laughs> I do let's discuss it because yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's that controversial I think I it's quite controversial well, so what would you okay so what's yours then well like my favourite y- yeah um because I've got to understand the, whether I think that yours is controversial or not so we're on some sort of ground I've got to do some research. I really like well, um, the common crisp type in the UK. I, I like knickknacks. To be fair, I quite I They're quite good. like knickknacks. Yeah, I I can get behind that. Okay, um, but your favourite is just wrong. <laughs> yeah, so um, I like so Walkers actually. This is a crisis for me as well because Walkers do a um <laughs> a baked range. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, they're like they're like um thicker, but also like they're like straighter crisps. And they're like rigid, but they're they're quite thin for rigid crisps. Um, so they have a perfect kind of crispy crunch to it. And uh, look, these are my favorite crisps, so I, I I do go in detail with it, you know. Um, 
and I like the salt and vinegar ones most because the malt vinegar actually tastes like like proper vinegar, um, like not you know proper actually has like flavor. It does not just acidic. There's like a taste to it, and the sea salt and it's like, oh. But I like salt and vinegar anything. I'll have salt and vinegar Pringles. I had salt and vinegar quavers the other day. Salt and vinegar they, quavers, mate. Hold your horses, all right. Hold your no, horses. No, I like no, no. So I like salt and vinegar. I like that pairing. It's a classic. Yeah, you know, classic I pair. Think, you know, apparently that that makes me a psychopath to everyone at work. Um, I can see why you wouldn't like it. By fuck cheese with it. and onion, chili, and they're good. But I like salt and vinegar. So it's always it always satisfies. No, I like salt and vinegar um, too. The wrong part about your choice is that you like the you like these baked ones that are, taste like cardboard, and you say they're like they're nicely nice. salted. They're not. They're yeah. like barely salted at all. I don't the know vinegar, what's wrong with me, Alex. The vinegar tastes like piss. <laughs> no, it's flavoured. They're not right, no. <laughs> they're barely flavoured. They're not smoky. <laughs> Fuck me. I think they're quite nice. I mean, it's... um, mm. I would happily eat, like, two of those packets just in one sitting, just for a snack. You can never have, like... Because there's not a lot in them. You can never have one packet, I've noticed, with crisps. Maybe that's why I steer clear from them. <laughs> but yeah, you can never just have. True. I can never just have one. It's like Kit Kats no. as well. I can never just have one Kit Kat. I have to have like two or three. Well, it depends or if the they come pack. in the four or the two, because you get like the multi-pack twos, can't you? Or, or the f- classic four. Yeah, like those little. Um, you know the little just twos. Like <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not enough. No, that's not enough. That's like barely. That anything. just about kicks your taste buds off to go. Oh, fantastic! We got some chocolate coming in. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, a Kit Kat chunky. One of them will do me fine. Um, yeah, Kit Kat chunky is. Is is a uh, is fine. It's uh, acceptable. It's, yeah, I think that is it is quite high up the list. Anyway, um, yeah, I quite like those baked crisps. I think they're lovely, and um, I, I haven't met one person other than my boss who actually likes them. No one else. I've never met anyone else who likes them. Um, but I guess we're just psychopaths. Then you know, it's uh, you do you. It's not my kind of thing. Not my cup of tea. Sure, mate. Not my packet sure. of crisps. <laughs> you just be. You just go be weirdos in the corner eating your crisps. Yeah. You What's yours your, then? Eat your flakes. What's your god tier all time favorite crisp? Yeah, probably knickknacks. I like the. Don't say sandwich. Pringles. Uh, now nah, Pringles are kind of shit. Pringles, although sour cream Pringles is uh... oh, the cheese and onion Pringles. They do hit, and I do like salt and vinegar yeah, Pringles as well. Fine, but like. I Plain had is like, no. I had them with my meal deal today because Morrison's started doing them right. This is how much Pringle. this is how sad it is. I Pringle go to Morrison's every day for a meal deal, <laughs> and for work, and it's like honestly, king of meal deals. Like Tesco's been knocked off the top. Oh really? Um, and I'm sorry. I know that's controversial. I've I lived off um, Tesco's meal deals when I was in uh, I was a student, but go and treat yourself to a Morrison's meal deal. Right? They got the deli counter. They've got baguettes. Mm. They've got sushi. Mate, it's it's the shit. You can have hot chicken and a crisp and a drink for £3. Pound. It's really? not like three fifty. It's not three fifty or anything. I know, it's too good to be true. Right? You can get a salad. You get a salad bar, right? Big <laughs> salad bar. You get a medium salad pot. Drink crisps. £3. Pound. It's mental. That's pretty good. Hey. Morrison's, man. They're, they're, they're killing it. 
uh, uh, I've yeah. always look. I've always kind of felt the Tesco meal deals overrated, in my opinion. I know some some people out there Ooh. are gonna hate me for it. So you know, I, I know, Sacred. I know it's hard. I know it's hard for you to hear that, but you know, I I speak <laughs> truths, and truths are sometimes hard to swallow. Okay, personally, I think Co-op have a very nice selection. It's 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 quality. It's a little, you know, it's free. It's a three fifty. Not ideal. Not ideal by any means. But I think they make nice, good sandwiches. Um, which is more more than I can say about some other. Uh, Grocers, so you know, just just throwing that out there. I'm gonna have to help this Morrison fruit meal deal. To be fair, though, problem is Morrison's like a it's not nearby for me. <laughs> I have to. I, yeah, that is true. <laughs> when I, only, I only have it because it's it's close. Yeah. Well, when I was like, when I was uh, at college, and I just had to kind of scrape every penny I could. Not that I do that <laughs> now, obviously. <laughs> no, no, yeah. yeah. Um, I would like. <laughs> get a meal deal and that would be like my thing that would have to like keep me going for a bit <laughs> brilliant okay so it's like and i'm like well, it's, it's it's a sandwich and a pot of fruit it is good for me it's not <laughs> it's not no those sandwiches are made like I, i'm certain I, I always get like um if i don't get a salad i always get sushi um oh, it no. doesn't taste like sushi when you get it at a restaurant um it tastes a bit more clinical and i i have it and i'm just like oh fuck like, this is this is not right uh, something about me is telling me this is supposed to be healthy but it's just, i know it's not well, and like get? i Where'd have it with you get no it? like I, I i can you know when like it's it's usually somewhat healthy but this time it's made out of cheap ingredients so it's not actually as healthy as you you would think it is it's not like fancy sushi that's you know made from stuff I don't know. It's like cheaper, cheaper fish. I don't. I fucking. I don't know. It just feels that way. You know what I mean? Is that not like a common thing? I don't know. I'm pretty I'm, sure. I'm like a, I'm an idiot. Like, what's the word? That's a lot to take in. I appreciate that. <laughs> what's the word? Like, I want to say second hand. Yeah. But, but like, you know, what I mean, like, not not directly from a chef sushi ever. You just oh. shouldn't do. <laughs> Yeah. Like, unless, like, someone who knows how to make sushi has made it, you just probably should avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. It yeah. doesn't feel good. No. I have it anyway, though. Right. And I'm pretty certain smothering, like, smothering it in, in what is it, you get soy sauce with it? That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Soy sauce. That's not good for you either, is it? No, but definitely not. that's the only way I can have sushi, is when it's smothered in soy sauce it's, it sounds like you just don't really like sushi <laughs> to be honest no but it, it, it is good but it's like the perfect co- co- like sure. it's like having fish and chips fish fish, ugh, fish and chip shop chips fucking hell that's hard um without salt and vinegar on them that's true that's okay yeah i see what that's you what sushi you is like that's the soy sauce you know yeah but i'm already I have, about I, sushi i don't know i've got into it i never used to be i was like this the thing is, the thing that really sold it for me was that it fills you up, and it's not a lot. Problem yeah. is, it doesn't really equate to much. Like you'd think that, therefore, you'd get like better value for money or something like. No, it's still fucking expensive as a massive baguette, but you're filled with fish instead of bread. Um, right. So I think it's justifiable somewhat, but you know, severing it in soy sauce probably doesn't do me heaps uh, and bounds of of good. No, I mean I don't. Living off meal deals is not. Um, I wouldn't recommend no. it. To be no. honest, I kind of do, but oh yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being um, healthy. Oh fuck it, you. 
We've got time for that. Yeah, I literally don't have time for that. <clears throat> Mackies every day. Oh God, no. No. Gone off. I've gone off at oh, McDonald's, mate. You that's say this. That's another yeah, story. You, you say this, and yet, you know. I'm excited for the Christmas party. Yeah, you're telling <laughs> me. You're literally <laughs> telling me about the lineup. <laughs> hey, look, that's the one exception. That's the one exception. Let it be. Let it be. I can't believe I still. I can't believe I still eat McDonald's after like working there, and like oh, I know, knowing. understanding the the how it's made and stuff. I couldn't do yeah. it if I. Yeah. Well, the only reason knowing. I can still eat your Greg's is because I worked there and I understood that it's not actually dirty and grimy. It's actually like, you know. It should be at least. I mean, um, McDonald's isn't like dirty and grimy necessarily. It's more or less like I know that fifteen-year-olds like me work there who, when they drop a burger on the floor, <laughs> just don't give a shit. <laughs> Put it back in. Um, no, that's not true. I don't know. You know, five-second rule. It's fine. That can't be serious. You, that doesn't. That doesn't happen, surely, does it? Uh, well, I I used to say. Have you witnessed that happen? Uh, I may have done it myself. Who's to say? Um, <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> you haven't done that. Come yeah. on. I mean, not like you the meat. We're about to get like, a lawsuit on our hands. If I, I don't give a fuck. If I, <laughs> you know, I might have dropped a bun every now and again. But that's eh, fine. Really? It's just a bun. So the bun's not that. like the bun's not greasy. It's not gonna. It's not gonna stick to anything. It's not gonna pick anything up. It's just a bun. It's gonna that's bounce Well, it's gonna give you heart disease anyway. So it don't really matter what how it's presented. Well, yeah, or it's like it's you through. If you're worried about like what's going in your body and you're eating McDonald's, I think you're you know you're already like off anyway. It's pretty bit, base. Bit of germs, like, yeah. are, you know. You can. It's fine. I know they tell you you're not meant right. to. You can like do it a bit. <laughs> you can have like one floor burger a day it won't kill you. Maybe not a day, like a week. It won't. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Until the autopsy shows that you've had like a like gem covered fucking Big Mac because Alex has flipped it on the roof or on the floor and he's just put it back in. I would have used to throw oh. stuff on the roof. <laughs> Your DNA's all over. No, you do. Come on. We used to get tomatoes and throw them on the roof. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh. I am. Um... I I I I uh we've talked about before how I'm not the best worker in the world. Um that's shocking, I know. To <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um I almost got fired one time. For safety. Yeah, I almost got fired one time because I ate a uh I ate cucumber. Um and I was eating pickles Sorry. and so my manager saw what? no. You were Sorry, yeah, you were eating pickles. Did I hear that right? Yeah, I was eating pickles. I was eating the pickles. I love the pickles. When was this? Oh, McDonald's. Sorry. Oh, 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 McDonald's. You were eating the pickles. I was eating the pickles directly out of the little pot that they were in for the burgers. I was eating them uh, while working. And <laughs> my manager email. saw. And yeah. uh, he wasn't. He didn't like it. So he no. he told he told one of the other managers to have a word with me because he was a little pussy. And he couldn't, have, he couldn't confront me himself. <laughs> <laughs> and I... Most jobs will have this where you have like a warning thing, like you do one thing, you get warning, second time, third time you're out. And I was already like through deep, so for being late and stuff. So, you know, he wanted, and this guy wanted to give me a warning. So this other manager takes me on the back and he's like, right. No. Uh, uh, he, who shall not be named, uh, saw you eating cucumbers 
um and he wants to give you a warning for it and uh you know you're already on your third warning and if i give you a warning you're gonna have to get sacked and i don't want to do that because you're a good worker we like you so i'm not going to do that but just don't fucking do it again and i went hang on hang on hang on hang on mate slow down slow down slow down all right i need to clear something right now and he's like what and i went i was eating pickles <laughs> no, cucumber, right? and he just looked... i'm not a psychopath and he just looked at me like just fucking get back in the kitchen <laughs> Mate, you play you play a risky game. Well, he had already told me like he's not gonna fire me, so I was like, oh well, I'm safe. <laughs> well, it's time to whip out the fucking Guinness Book of Jokes. Yeah, he showed me his belly, and I fucking pounced. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I I weirdly respect that. Well uh, done. Yeah, I've had a lot of run-ins That's... like that where I've uh-huh. pushed the cars a bit too far. <laughs> Um, Excellent. Yeah, we've all heard. Uh, we've heard many of the stories over the years of Alex at work. Um, we'll save them all for a rainy day. Yeah, there's um, more. There's, they there's, are a treat. There's more in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. Everyone likes the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lifestyle. The the fight. Yeah, the final chat. Let's go. Yeah, we're (laughs) rebranding. The final chat. That's so shit. Don't rebrand the final chat. It's just one podcast. (laughs) Just one episode. The final. Oh, that's what we should. If we ever end the show, last episode is the final chat. Oh no, that's heartbreaking. That's like that's like telling someone like like a classic show is just going to end. Like, everything ends eventually. I'm, I'm planning not on it this. Soon. Let's start the episode. Oh, no, 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 no. Planning let's on it start soon. The <laughs> let's start. Anyway. Come on now. Welcome back. Anyway. It's a final draft that's going to go on until we die, I guess. <laughs> um, Correct. Uh, they love it, Alex. Welcome They're back. Ready. It's me, Alex. I'm joined by Adam as always. Uh, we are doing Squid Game, yeah? Yeah. All right, cool. We're doing Squid Game. <laughs> a show that came out like two months ago maybe um squidders we're a little late to the party on this one um mm. but you know this is a film and tv podcast and we haven't Stop talked about a tv guys. show in a while <laughs> so. uh, that's true there's been a lot that's been out at the minute um mm. it's been quite a hectic november yeah we just had spooky season and uh there are better choices intense. there are better choices for the for for that for that time period, Squid Game didn't really make the cut, but we did want to talk about it because it's uh, the new global mm. sensation brought to you by the glorious people at Netflix.com. Mm. Every person standing here in this room is living on the brink of financial ruin. All have debts that you can't pay off. If you do not wish to participate, then please let us know at this time.
playing red light, green light. The thing we did as kids on the playground? a handsome cash prize. It's very interesting to see how popular this has become. Um, I'm curious. It's a as, as sensation. The, yeah, the things that have gone into why it's such a hit. Um, it's a South Korean uh, drama, I guess, drama thriller um, mm. about a kind of what would you call it? It's like it's like Fall Guys, right? It's like that game Fall Guys. <laughs> I, I was going <laughs> to say it's like. like it's like Hunger Games. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like a Battle Royale-esque um, adaptation narrative thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, Battle Royale was also... Um, was that a Korean? Maybe that's Korean or Japanese film. Um, Gillian Flynn, mm. the person who wrote Hunger Games, famously denies ripping off uh, Battle Royale, but we all know she did. Uh, <laughs> Move. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was inspired by it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was loosely inspired. I'm pretty sure... The, creative this show was just like yeah yeah that's a great movie and that's where i got the idea from <laughs> brilliant but yeah it's really taken off people really like it um and I, I i it's nice to actually see something like this do really well and be really popular um because it is rather bloody good um what are your kind of initial thoughts on the squid game as i try well, to kind of source- to say I know, yeah. Um, well, I am very happy that it's it's got the this amount of attention because it's um it's the same kind of feeling when I have the same feeling with Squid Game as I did when um oh no it slipped my mind the the the, the uh, Parasite um won the Oscar on the Academy Award. It was kind of like we're finally getting like kind of foreign films and it's starting to really kind of seep into people's the everyday palette i guess you could i guess you could say um there's a whole discussion about that in which you know especially with this show there's been a hot like controversy about um like the dub and that and how it's really shit uh, which i'm sure we'll talk about um but it is nice to to see it be recognized um and light because it, I, I, I do, I did love it. I thought it was great. It was, um, it was a, it was a big surprise. I remember seeing the trailer and being, not underwhelmed, but kind of, I don't know. It just, it didn't seem too appealing to me. Um, you know, it was kind of like, ah, great. 
Hunger Games again. Um, I didn't really know. They didn't give much away in the trailers in, in regards to the plot. And I think what I really liked was that they they built, they did a great job in, in world building and, and building character. Um, you know, our main character, our main protagonist was rather unlikable at the beginning and I was I was very curious about that and, and where they'd kind of go with it and um this this really feels like a true passion project of a piece um and having read up about it afterwards it seems that that certainly was the case and um yeah it was overall as a summary I, I really enjoyed it I you know I felt that it was um it was it was rather good I don't know what you said like bloody good pretty good yes um bloody, yeah bloody, bloody good show bloody good show um yeah i'm always kind of like skeptical <laughs> yeah bye uh, i'm always kind bye. of skeptical of um <laughs> especially when netflix comes out with like the latest thing that you've all got to watch you know there's always mm. a bit kind of like uh, i don't know that's fair um, yeah it's like tiger king Tiger King. Well, that was like a rave. Like, yeah. it seems that Netflix really homes in well on those, like, uh, viral kind of things. Where, yes. oh, have you not seen yes. this? Have you not seen that? It's like, well, yeah, like viral sensation that you got to see, like, really trendy stuff. I remember, like, Bird Box was another one. That, like, Sandra Bullock movie. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's so, it's so crazy. You've got to see this film. And, uh, being not too impressed with that one. And, um, yeah, Tiger King's a good example of, like, this kind of, just really worldwide sensation that like everyone's seen mm. uh and it's talking about and gossip about they they're good at engineering these kind of things i guess um it's so yeah i'm great, always yeah. i'm always kind of skeptical because netflix productions can be pretty hit and miss so i i i don't know um i i'm a bit of a netflix defender but i would agree that some of their original stuff is a bit uh lackluster um mm. i think in terms of their involvement in the project they won't they pretty much just kind of picked it up and paid for it i don't think they really were too involved in the production um although there's some things that strike me as very netflixy in it mm. uh, which is like a weird i don't know really how to define that but you know what i mean there's there's like a certain quality to netflix stuff um but i mean this is like a massive thing like there's uh i'm not sure what the budget was exactly but i'm pretty sure it was pretty big and this director um. had been working for a long time to get it off and get it going and it was a very stressful thing to put together from what i understand <laughs> i i read that he'd, he'd lost teeth <laughs> right over, yeah. uh, during the production so i i would i would classify that as uh as stressful to say yeah. the least yeah yeah <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that your teeth shouldn't just be popping you out but just falling out like like charlie day yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just pulling them out um yeah so you know good for them for getting it out um it's interesting mm. you brought parasite because i do think uh the success of this is a little bit riding on the coattails of parasite um there's just some interesting parallels of a south korean project that's got mm. this kind of social political aspect to it um but with squid game it's more kind of accessible and a bit more mainstream friendly i feel um mm which I think is a big part of its success. Uh, one thing I want to say about it was like the iconography in this is very, very good, which is very strong. Um, mm. 
costumes, the characters, the music, uh, the sets. It's a very yeah. visually distinct show in that regard, um, which also goes a long way in making it stand out. Uh, I yeah. imagine there was a lot of Squid Game costumes this Halloween. Uh, <laughs> I didn't actually. Do you know what? I didn't actually spot one, but I reckon next year it'll be a when people have a bit more time. I think to to do it. Sure, well, I caught um, a few. I caught we had um we had the masks at work and stuff. The little PlayStation masks. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> PlayStation masks, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're spot on about the iconography. Like I was just gonna say, like uh, just it's it's small thing. I love when a show is is successful um because one of the well, like things like the iconography for example it, it pays off for them like you can tell that they've put a lot of like really careful thought into into those visual elements and how they've then become iconic from the show being good it's like it is it is genius um in this you see like the uh, just the the bolo, uh, the, the bold colors between like the green um the green uh, co- uh sweatshirts that they wear against like the the pink um suits of the soldiers and the the, the hot, very sim- the simplicity of like the um the shapes on the masks and what that ends up like meaning like they've all got different classes of like uh <laughs> of soldiers that are d- defined by shape and how the set design plays into that as well and it's fantastic it's 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 you're completely spot on it's 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 an aspect of the show i'm i was incredibly impressed with yeah yeah just very like very simple but very just well done uh never looks cheap mm. it's kind of a cost, cost, costumes a bit of a weird one today like even if you look at like the big boys like marvel Sometimes I kind of look mm. at the costuming and I'm like, uh, I don't know. There's there's a uh, there's sometimes a bit of an off quality in some of that stuff. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, some stuff can be really toy. I feel in terms of costume design. Look, it's an area that I have no feet no, to stand yeah, on. I, I, I do understand on. to to some extent. I I understand what you mean. It's like um, you can really. The the, th- the thing that I home in on is you can tell when it's distinctly, um, solidly thought out beforehand. Like, I find looking at concept art very fascinating. I I, I was lucky enough to go to the the Star Wars museum in London, like back when I was like fifteen or whatever. Um, and I spent the majority of the time looking at the the drawings as opposed to the models, because you 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 see like a progression of the first designs of stuff like you see the raw shapes or colors of what the artist finds is important um and how that develops through time like whilst all the other bits are added on those key elements still stay um and when you use them effectively to emphasize certain elements of the show whether it's like um whether it enriches like the horror of certain characters or um the distinction between characters like in in, in this sense um you really and obviously joined with a show that is um uh, is very well written and is generally good um you just hit gold dust because 
people like the show for what it is but then you have these things visual things that are so memorable that you home in on that just makes it it's one of those aspects that make shows become classics um and as i feel is often overlooked like you can it's not just in um in costume design although that's a huge part of it but like um set design as well massively overlooked um like color palettes and and sometimes used within cinematography as well um it's yeah if you have a good film and it can really these bits of iconography can really allow your piece to to blow up i suppose and become uh very easily recognizable yeah yeah you, you can see where they put a lot of like uh time and attention and making things a bit more unique uh i like like the little kind of mc escher style hallways i go through and stuff with like distressing <laughs> sca- stairs and all these colors and uh mm. they're kind of like arenas for the games as well um just really really cool really cool <laughs> um, yeah. yeah it's a great it's a great looking show um it it felt like it had a lot of budget behind it you know you can tell they fucking mm. built a massive arena thing for them to all be in they're in like a massive hangar and it doesn't feel fake at all it, and you can you, you can just tell with that kind of stuff i think that goes a long way yeah. too and there seems to be more of like a i don't know i, I don't watch much tv but <laughs> from what from what i gleam television seems to have better senses in those kind of production elements i think because like they understand it's worth investing in like a solid set you know because like you're gonna be there a lot shooting because a lot, uh, yes. a lot of the series is gonna be in specific locations so it's like the whole tardis thing isn't it like sure yeah that's your like central piece yeah i think i said it when we were talking about like broken bad like locations are so much have so much more importance because we spend more time there just in general so they have mm. to be more realized and feel like they matter and you know and, and also and functional in a technical sense as well like you've, yeah. they've got to be adaptable to many different types of scenes and that's an extremely difficult task to do mm. um you even think about the, the 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 place where they all sleep like that it seems quite simple that you could do a scene where they wake up in that room and you never see them go back to it but you have like the whole vote-in scene you have the the pit of money that's above them at all times you have the different lighting environments you have the fight scenes in there um you know that its purpose goes so much further than um you would initially kind of think about and Mm. i like that uh that it is really well designed in that in that way but i find i find it's good game specifically i find it fascinating because they are like you said just hangers they're just rooms um sure and that can be that must be such a hard challenge to see that and be like look um for whatever re- the reason was maybe it was budget or maybe it was like just the way that the creative team wanted to go about it is like right we've got to make the best out of this um how do we make this room like well, how do we bring iconography into this room like how do we make it memorable visually like how do we make it functional and that's it's such a hard task and it's something that like you said it's so overlooked um and weirdly enough, it kind of it, it makes these things memorable. And you don't think about it 
and then you discuss it and it's like oh actually yeah yeah um the towers of beds and yeah leading Uh, lines and stuff in tv you you know your the conversation always comes up about like iconic moments and as much as like performances are part of that and writing is part of that um Hmm. i always feel like when those kind of you know moments come up it's always really about setting is what you're really kind of digging in there um you know people especially with this as well where the setting is so integral to the story like with the Mm. games like the red light green light thing is iconic for sure because of like character stuff going on in there and moments of direction and stuff but it's it's also because of that set that they built and like the scope of mm. it and the the feel of it and this kind of uncanny nature of it that's really what makes it stand out in your brain as an iconic yeah. kind of moment so yeah so set is very crucial to this and it's uh yeah if 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 i'm if i'm going to really praise this show for anything that although there's a lot to praise it for that is one like the iconography in general like we said it's so it's all just really really good like you, it's just instantly recognizable and really serves the story real well um and i like how it transitions as well you know as players are getting killed off and you see less beds hanging about and, <laughs> yeah. and the scope of the arenas change between each game and uh it's a uh, it's cool it's cool stuff it, it's um it's uh, it's kind of sorely missed in in some stuff that we watch um what do you feel about how do you feel about like the characters and performances in this because obviously we're dealing with language barrier and stuff and it can be a bit hard to decipher well i actually i watched both like iterations i was a bit of a i began in the dub without much thought um i think i saw some people on twitter say that oh isn't this like really good like my mum said that she watched it in the dub and it wasn't shit but i think she hasn't watched much like south korean cinema or like any any form of like anime or anything like that so she's not she's not really in tune to what's good and what's bad and i just kind of took it for oh maybe it is all right and um for the most part it seemed fine until i turned the subtitles on and realized how vastly different the kind of tone of uh it it seemed i was quite shocked by it really um and so i i i got thinking about episode two and then turned it off um and then since i've gone back and just out of curiosity gone back and watched it without it but um uh, my point being is that you've you've got a lot of different interpretations going on and you've got a lot of different characters as well um they really had a quite a tough challenge in who to really focus on um because obviously there's what like there's hundreds of people um, obviously some are killed off some aren't but deciding who's going to be your central band of people um, who's going to be your central focus specifically um, and then deciding all of their fates as well I mean like that's a ridiculous like a ridiculous challenge um, and I felt it was um, it was very well balanced actually it was um, it, it was it was very good Um uh, you know, we had, um, well, we had the, the specific groups, um, and it's it's hard to talk about as well because you 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 go through many different stages um, within the show. 
I felt the old man was um, a standout to me. Um, his role was um, at face value quite simple um, because his his character hasn't got a lot of like like action. You know, he's not moving around a lot. He's mostly dialogue based. Yeah, he's a um, passive character. Yeah, he is very passive. Like he's also it's established that he's he's not very well, so he's he's not very quick about anything. He's very he's always kind of very monotone in the sense that whatever emotion he's feeling, it's always kind of like at the same energy level where it's just like sure. It's very it's very steady. I like that um, um juxtaposition though, of like you've got this really in- intense kind of situation going on. <laughs> And, uh, and he's just like plodding about yeah and our kind of main group are kind of a little bit of a group of misfits um like they're some are more kind of prepared for the games than others but they're all they're all they're all a bit kind of just normal people and kind of idiots and not the brightest bunch um which i really like uh especially in that conceptual end of like these are people who are have got nothing left <laughs> you know and this is like the only thing they can do uh to keep yeah. going in the world um and i like that and i think they set that really well with the first game where i think pretty much like half of them just get die <laughs> in the first game of like these hundreds mm. of people um it's a really cool I, I think, effective moment i was gonna say i think it set the tone for me perfectly that that that, that start of, that start scene um because obviously you learn that you can kind of guess that things aren't going to go down too well but you, I don't think you really understand like a scope to it. And then obviously you, you see the first death and then everyone starts running about and you just can't help but like, oh, you know, like just cringe and be like, everyone just, just stay still, just stay still. You're all going to die. Um, and then they all do. And it's like, okay, this is interesting. Um, but that then sets a really great tone for every all the other characters that are left. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's what's so great, what's so genius about it is that every level that that passes, um, the the kind of the the game or the essence of the show somewhat changes. Um, yeah, you have you're, yeah. you're missing people, or there's like a certain um, there's a certain kind of like a feeling amongst them all, or an attitude, and that's never the same. It continuously changes. So each episode. That you go into and they collectively also did that so it kind of aligned with you know a, a kind of a task per episode give or take um you you go into every every episode and you're like the, the the rules or like the the feeling of it is completely changed from the last um and i think thinking about it in that way that's probably why it stuck with me for so much because it was um it if it, it was one of those series where I was like, I just want to binge it all. I didn't feel mm. like there was an appropriate place to stop. Um, Interesting, yeah. That's very, that's very. Like, I, I keep saying this, but like, it, it, I think that's why it's so impressive because he does so many elements right that are so difficult to achieve. Um, and on paper, like, it's very similar to things like the Hunger Games, like the the kind of plot of it. It's like, oh yeah, you know. You know attributes of it change like the world around it's different and the characters are different and the focus is but like you know this is this is the kind of element of it this is the shock value you know the risk factor and yet somehow they made a narrative that was so unique within it um 
and uh i i really love breaking that down because you know it's it, it kind of proves how clever it really is yeah um, it's very, i think it's very like clever to um you know i think a lot of the best tv shows are the ones where you feel that <clears throat> you feel that snowball effect you feel things getting bigger and the progression of the story and the scope sh- the scope of it becoming bigger and the the stakes becoming more more high um yeah. and that i mean obviously with this it's so integrated well into that into the story with this because with each episode it's like oh what's gonna happen now like what's the twist gonna be like every episode feels like it's got its own little uh spin on spin on the concept and kind of changes the path yeah i can be agree it it evolves as it goes and it it starts off almost a bit kind of like hard-hearted and almost a bit kind of comedical uh like Mm. that first game where they all get kind of killed off like it's dramatic and scary and violent but it's also a little slapstick and comedy comedic um but then we get to like the last game where it's like a fight to the death and it's like fucking hell (laughs) how did we get here um yeah and that's just really that's awesome. very true that's just really awesome stuff um yeah in terms of cast like mm. yeah i uh i watched this dubbed because like i'm lazy and i just didn't want to read subtitles um that was another reason as well i just kind of wanted to sit back and watch it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very lazy part yeah yeah mm. um and uh but yeah i i agree like with the the difference in the in the tone is very noticeable um i think it's something mm. about just the south korean sensibilities and the way they do performances are very they're kind of a bit more exaggerated and that's probably just like a cultural and dialectual thing um i have no idea that's probably not a word dialectual but whatever um i i, I was like i was impressed then i was like that's whew, he's been reading his dictionary <laughs> doesn't sound right um but yeah no it's that's you know and that's obviously like not just how we speak but i like it it's got it helps with the kind of quirky tone of of the show anyway um but yeah the, sure. the dub is very bad um i've i read it's it it's not great is it yeah they're just not the best voice actors for it um i don't know if it's because they're trying to match the energy of the performances but it just comes off wrong um i also heard it that, was like, a bit hit or miss yeah and i also heard that um the team basically the te- I have a feeling what you're about to say. Yeah. The entire team was involved, was like based in Korea. So the translation team were Korean speakers, and they weren't they they knew how to speak English, but not they didn't they weren't like the best translators for it in the world. And the people directing, like the voice actors, weren't um, they weren't like English speaking by by nature. Sure. So there was a, there was that kind it's of like barrier, disconnect. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think Netflix in general have pretty bad dubbing um i've talked about dark which is mm. a show i really like and as a german show and uh i watched that dubbed as well and yeah the voice accent in that is pretty rough <laughs> at times yeah. um, but you know it is what it is you, you can bear through it. it i don't think it ruins the show by any means it's just a bit um off-putting and, and it's like it's i think where you know you're getting a diluted performance because of it so uh, it's hard to kind of true. evaluate like how you know how good they're doing and if the characters who might be a little bit cartoonish in the regular one but like they still have you know an underbelly to them that is kind of grounded 
that might get lost in translation in the dub where yeah. it's just full kind of cartoon mode um which is a bit of an issue i think at some points with the dub but uh it is what it is um i didn't find it too distracting but it definitely did mm. take me out of it at points i was going to say along with like the exaggerated um performances that you sometimes get in in like korean cinema um you know the voice acting from the actors themselves fit that performance perfectly so it doesn't it doesn't feel kind of jarring but when you have that dub over it you 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 hear it in english and it's sometimes translated in in such a weird way that the mannerisms of the voice don't really match the mannerisms of the acting and it's all it all gets very complicated um like i'll say it's not it wasn't all bad like it i said earlier it's a bit hit and miss i i felt that the, the guy who did the old man was fine like i actually you know i had no problem with um it, you know there was a lot of in, in terms of that character there's a lot of very quite strong emotional points um and he nailed that for me like i had no problem with that um again uh some of the other sidekicks like that i had no problem with it but then there was some characters that were blaringly kind of strange and just bizarre um the 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 woman specifically who was the kind of antagonist who was like somewhat of a villain and you know the kind of almost like the trickster um Yeah, yeah, yeah she was yeah, she was her fucking, dub was she was fucking annoying <laughs> on a, she was the uh, she was my least favorite character and not because she was written poorly by any stretch i just felt that the performance especially in the dub was like just bizarre and made it very annoying um, yeah it was a bit much i think it, it, in the in the like the original it was like it, it kind of it doesn't you don't again like you 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 watch the original vocals with the original performance and it matches and it kind of gels um which just gels better because it's the original performance yeah it's, um, it's not someone else speaking over someone interpreting it yeah yeah sure like that that is just inherently jarring and yeah some characters are more um, off-putting than others with that but you know it is what it is um what do you think about the, uh, the the actual games themselves? Um, uh, great. I felt that each of them brought something different to the table. Um, for example, like <laughs> I feel that each game brought a different level of suspense for different reasons, and I think yeah. that that's what I I loved so much about it. Because you think of like episode six, um the tone of that is so vastly different from the others. Um, mm. Like it, 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 for example, like the one with the rope is all, a, it, it's actually quite dialogue heavy. It's, it's more about teamwork. So the, the, the sense of tension is different because it's dialogue between them working together. Um, and the essence of the, the, the game is, is different. Like the, the stakes is, it feels a lot more unfair. Um, and you know there's a different type of suspense in the in the classic cookie one because it's like it's really prolonged um so you're you feel very intense for a, for a very long period of time and 
the one on the sixth episode where they they have the the marbles game or they have to decide who dies it's just it's just it, it aches it really destroys you um and that's what worked for me was that <laughs> like each episode how it brought a different level of intimacy and and yeah. tension and it, that was translated into the games as well um yeah that's true yeah, it was balanced so well in that regard and it, it it was it made it such a joy to watch because i was aware of it as it was happening like this is really smart um yeah. but also either really like hidden away from the screen or crying um like i haven't felt so emotive towards a show in such a long time um and with this show i was I was genuinely emotional. Um, I cried. I laughed. Um, it was it was rough. It was a, it was a rough journey, but a pure pleasure. Um, that's me getting a bit over over um, ahead of myself. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, right, mate. Calm um, down. Calm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god, your baby boy um, gonna cry. Go, going back to your point, yeah, the, the games <laughs> I felt were. Um, <laughs> Gonna cry. You gonna cry? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up. Um, so the games. Um, what was your favourite? Was my favourite. Um, um, yeah. Again, like they they are so different in tone yeah, that it's hard true. to pick one. I, I completely agree. They all serve a different purpose. Like, yeah. First game is the whole point of shock that game value. is yeah shock value and it's catching them off guard and catches you off guard as a viewer. That's why it works. Mm. Second game is that. Puts the nail in the coffin. Yeah, second game with the cookie cutter thing is like, it's about the deceivous nature and how it's a trick and something very simple is like life or death and the pressure of it. <laughs> um, yeah. I really like Stakes the game. I like the glass panel one because oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, <laughs> I like that one just because it's the most blatant like bullshit one. <laughs> yeah yes um, absolutely absolutely but it's again it sinks it sinks up well in where they're at in the narrative because this is after yeah. the marble game where either their friends have sacrificed themselves for the the person they're with or they've fucked oh, over so the person brutal. they're with and you've got so brutal and that comes to a head in the gas panel because that whole game is about like if you don't get to the other side, you're all fucked. So you have to go, but in it, by nature, it's unfair. Um, it's a good like think, boiling point moment in the show. I think like that's where it truly feels like oh, mm. like this this is really where it's all becoming really real now. Ah, post it feels like the tipping game. point, doesn't it? Yeah, but that, that marble game is an excellent one because it's just uh, again, it's another good moment of like gotcha, and that's where like the. Yeah. Uh, the character stuff pays off there you get these kind of character dynamics and you've you've come to learn these people and mm. see how they act and seeing the places they go to and uh the way they kind of either you know do right by each other or don't it says mm. a lot and it's very interesting so that was probably my favorite but i do like that glass panel one just because it's so cruel <laughs> it is so cool but they're all cruel and they're it's... all cruel yeah i probably would have uh, uh I was thinking, like, how far would I have got? And I think I would have... I think maybe... <laughs> I probably would have just died in the first one, but if I somehow made it through, that uh, that that cookie-cutter one would have fucked me. <laughs> oh, mate, I've got so... Sh uh, my hands are so shaky. I, I, I yeah. knew I was like... I, I could have got the... um 
triangle, the circle, whichever one was easier, I would have still fucked up. Yeah, I would have tried to be like, like big brain and being like, ah, oh, umbrella, definitely umbrella. It's a trick, umbrella. And then you get it and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. And like, just thinking about... I mean, about... big brains go umbrella. <laughs> yeah. And just thinking about holding a needle, like, for that long and being so precise. Oh, being so sweaty. Yeah, like, just I... Slipping out your hands. I would have oh, just... God. I would have just snaps it in half and be like, just do it. Just end it. <laughs> and no it point. was so brutal because they... You were questioning why they were walking around them. And then you get that first death. And then everyone goes silent. Yeah. And it's just like oh my fucking god they're literally just gonna shoot us here point and blank they're hovering over us to to know when we died and people mm-hmm. are like hiding it away and stuff like that um i felt that the i had two points the second one will probably come back to me but the um the glass panel one was so great in its position within them all simply due to the fact that it also tied into the unfairness of it like it was it was such a horrible horrid trick and the reason that works so well is because it's also at a time in the story where you realise it's for actual pleasure of a third party. Right. Yeah. So it's like yes. so yeah. that come that kind of like that game comes into it at a point where it's like you you go actually do you know what some of these have been unfair but it's it, this is obviously for a purpose and at that point in the story you, you realise oh it, it is actually because people are sick bastards and want to watch them die they mm. pay you to see it. And you go, watching, oh, you're literally watching the game through a screen. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And did it's you know, did both you. you... <laughs> what, what's that? Sorry. It's, I'm just. <laughs> it's a very meta thing, you know. Oh. Did you, did oh, you right. notice? <laughs> did you notice? Hmm, makes you think. Oh, what's it? Makes you think. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and also yeah. the, I was going to say the the uh, what you call it one the uh, the marble one. Yeah, the marble. It one, wasn't. So. There are a lot of very unpredictable elements of all of these games and moments within the show, which I loved because yeah, there was a lot that, very, that surprised me. Yeah, um, I felt, but the thing, the beauty of it is, is that I predicted that the when when they went in with pairs and that they got paired up, I predicted I was like, oh no, one of them's not going to make it out right um, before it happened. I don't know what made me think about it but the point being is that um <laughs> no, yeah i got that, that I, too. I, yeah i was no, kind of surprised it, that because they, i they were so eager to pair up with people because um, <laughs> i was thinking yeah, like, i was like they, dude you think this through they fucked you with you at every step yeah <laughs> it's what i mean but like what the reason i i, I loved it so much was because not because it, it didn't off put me that i knew what was going to happen it off put me of the fact that i didn't want that to happen like i was i, I couldn't i was in denial i was like no, I, I feel that that's going to happen, but I don't want to tell myself that it's going to happen because if that does happen, I'm going to break because he's chosen the old man and he's made it this far and there's no way he's getting to the fucking end. So this is going to be it. Yeah. Um, yeah and that very, character just very development cool. anyway is... It's... Oh, there's so much I love about it. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, um, yeah, sorry, it's... you were saying after the, uh, after the glass game. Yeah, it's interesting... You mentioned that element. We haven't really mentioned like the B plot of this because there's this whole kind of subplot about mm. this like police guy who's come to the place and he's infiltrated it. And there's some twists and turns yeah. in that. Um, I don't find that part very compelling, to be honest. I think whenever they're oh. not in the game, yeah. um, it sucks, <laughs> to be honest. I was very surprised mm. by second episode because they, they can all vote to go and they all go, yeah, fuck it, we're going. Uh, which is That's like, what I mean, it's so surprising. Yeah, which is surprising. 
um i did find in that second episode though i was just kind of like oh just fucking go back we know we're going back to the game just go back to the game and any element that was like outside of it it was cool seeing sure. like the uh it's that world building thing that you were saying before seeing like the, the all the things in the background and all this kind of stuff was really yeah. interesting but those felt like the more to me those felt like the more netflixy elements of it like uh it felt like a bit shoehorned that they had to have this element of like a crime drama thing mm. going on uh, mm. and i found that i found it very hard to follow especially with the reveal of who the uh game master is like it's like it's his brother and i just kind of was like like i don't know like sure i didn't really I care too much about it and no. uh, and that was my worry was that i didn't really understand what was going on because obviously it was quite hard to follow the cop because obviously he kept changing outfits or something like that and it actually took me an embarrassing long amount of time to distinguish um like who were the leaders who were the soldiers and who were the um it was like it, it was like three levels of like authority within them but it, it like it took me a while to get used to the shapes and what that authority level was um because you get nothing you get no idea to who the actual cop is or like when he's in there because it it, it shows close-ups now and again of certain things you're like oh is that him yeah there were moments where i um, couldn't tell who was who I, was like, I can't fucking tell what i'm actually looking at because it's yeah. so undistinguishable that's the point i get it yeah. but it's like yeah, I took a very embarrassing long time to try and figure it out. It's like you have like the, the, you have the three levels, don't you? So you have like the 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 managers or whatever, or like, and then there's the soldiers, and then there's like the work. Oh, the workers, right? Yeah, so sure. you got workers, soldiers, and leaders or whatever. Um, that's it, workers. Um, so yeah, it took me an embarrassing long time to figure that out in terms of the, all the shapes and that. Um. And then this whole B plot thing about the fucking organs, um, and they would take the bodies and send the organs, and then uh, this whole uh, idea that yeah, I mean, there's that actually was some a, boats that are coming close to the island and stuff like this. It was it all felt a bit too much, and I was like, that was, that was the, the the kind of secret organ thing was like cool. That was like a cool little detail in there, and like fleshing out the mm. kind of well building that I liked. Um, it was just it didn't really go anywhere you know it's it's only just kind of so that cop character can do some stuff off screen that's what i mean um, it, it felt yeah, yeah it didn't feel very well tied into the the reveal of like the uh the masked uh, funders which is what i felt it was leading to um well even that element of the uh the people who are watching the game i felt a little bit like excuse me um <laughs> Uh, I felt <laughs> you what? <laughs> I was just vomiting in my mouth. Um, oh, fine, great. <laughs> yeah, I felt like the observer, the observer parts when that came in, it felt a little bit too on the nose at that point. Um, you know, I, yeah. it, it's this, it's kind of like what works about this show is that it's pretty easy to digest, like what the metaphor is. Um, all of these mm. kind of battle royale esque narratives are always about power power dynamics and class struggles and that kind of thing. It's very much obviously what this is about. Um if I just a little bit like you're showing your cards a bit too much, like yeah, I get it, you know, <laughs> I get like what yeah. the this is a rich and poor narrative. You don't need to spell out so much. Um mm. and yeah, and then with it and then the conclusion of that being Oh, it was your brother. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, I didn't really gel with that. And I even think the finale 
um was a little disappointing um seeing the guy like post game and what he's been doing and kind of setting up for season two um i'm very curious where the show's gonna go um it's interesting you say that yeah because i i think the characters is like what works the most about it but i don't think pinning the whole like obviously we follow a protagonist in this but i don't think having one central character to all of it is really the way to go um i think it works Mm. best when it's a cast of characters that you can follow and i guess just by design you can't really have that for a season two just because like not everyone is going to make it to the end so i'm very curious where it's going to go like because on the one hand if he went back in the game or whatever you know that'd be cool but that would also be a little disappointing because we're just kind of retreading water but then if it's yeah not involved with the game that's gonna be disappointing because the games are the best part so (laughs) um i don't know you have the stranger thing um sorry mate not stranger things I didn't mean to interrupt you. Strange I just things? meant it, it's uh, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> the stranger um, the things hu- about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm gonna make this thing up, but I, I, I let's make let's call it the Hunger Games effect, in which it dro- it drives itself into a corner when you once you've done one, you then question, okay, you now have this world that you want to continue working within, okay, you do another Hunger Games, right? But then, if you want a third film, they've got you're kind of like, well, they've done this once, they're going to do it again, obviously, for the next one. So it's kind of like, where do you go with it? However, I actually really liked the end. Like, the whole bit where he was on, where you explored him on his own, um, so it seen what he did after. I found that quite compelling, because I wasn't certain of what he would have done. Um, So seeing him kind of do all his little things, and, you know, asking yourself all the questions about you know why is he doing it is it the trauma is it is it the guilt you know so on and so forth and then you get the revelation of the old man etc 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 and then you get this scene at the end where he's kind of recovered he's moved on whatever he's gonna go see his daughter um it all seems kind of pearly and then you get that shot where he walks off the train and he sees that that guy doing it to someone else i got goosebumps i was like it's the whole full circle narrative, um, it fit, it tied it together for me. It it gave me like a reason to root for more, of like it 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 established the the greater narrative outside of his character of like oh shit even though I'm done with this it's still going on right um and I that it it both excites me and it also scares me because obviously like you've mentioned it's very difficult like it's very like, scary what, what, what do you do next it's fucked up think about yeah. it they keep doing it it's it messed up they keep doing it <laughs> um what? i didn't no, know yeah, that I, no yeah, i vibe with that i i think what it, what it is for me is that i just don't really think it needs a continuation i think having that as a final kind of moment yeah. as a kind of final kind of fuck up like the lesson he learns is like if his lesson he learned was hey, I'm going to use this money for good and I'm going to like redistribute my wealth that I've just gained and like make things better for the people in my life you know around me and all these people who have, don't know what happened and having one kind of final fucked up moment where he sees that it's still going on and it having to be a moment of like oh I just have to accept it <laughs> you know I don't know if I really like the whole I'm going back in <laughs> element. Um, 
because uh, <laughs> it feels a little sure. feels a little unnecessary for me, and I think it also kind of rubs yeah. up against the character in a way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it is what it is. I'm I'm interested to see where they go with this in future. Some people be saying like they can see this being very franchisable, which I do see. Um, I I imagine we'll we'll see a an English version of Squid Game and you could do like regional versions and all this kind of stuff and oh which you know it's fine i can see it but i also have this this just feeling that it's like it's the same thing with stranger things where i actually wrote an essay in in uni about straight the first season of strange things and in relation to its i know how boring right um in relation to its sequels and about how how boring discussing about film thinking critically about (laughs) media (laughs) How boring. Well, my Who would do that? my argument was, I say, <laughs> I saw this very interesting video on weaponized nostalgia by um, nerd or nerd writer, mm. um, and he made a point about how um, how nostalgia could be used as a plot device, and I found that really interesting. I, I, I and and looking at Stranger Things, you know, um, a lot of the nostalgia in the in the beginning, it wasn't like used as like oh or not just use i should say of like oh look guys it's the 80s we like the 80s it was kind of like okay well it's actually used as a very clever plot device in which the kids only really can comprehend the upside down because they can relate it to the the dungeons of dragons board game that they play and to all the adults it's just kind of like this unconceivable nightmare and but they somehow find some sort of narrative and understanding through that um, and you have different elements as well that I won't dive into, but um, w- when that expanded into other seasons and the points were made and all of that kind of stuff, like they hinted towards these exciting ideas, but they just weren't executed very well because the kind of best bits and the point of the show were used up in the first season. And it's that it's it like the, this and Squid Game in relation to that, it's like like this first season of strange things i really enjoyed and then it just got progressively worse and i wish they never like kept going with it and i i don't want that to happen with this and uh, i guess it is almost like you know how like the original charlie and the chocolate factory like that kind of ends all the points are proven and it's like oh don't you dare make a sequel like, that's just like a example of like a film it's like why would it need it it's ridiculous it feels like that this is such a strong story and journey it, what why is any more needed but you know i i have faith in the in the director and and, and the writing team and and that the, the, they feel that you know literally a few hours ago it was announced that season two is a thing um which is exciting we, we've timed this very well actually um but um I have faith in the fact that the original team think that it is ne- like not necessarily needed, but can be done. But yeah, I am skeptical about. It. I don't want them to to kind of move past the. I I because I, I, as, as much as it excited me and, and the ending did get me, um, admittedly, it was also like there's a lot of worry there. To is this actually going to be something that's worthwhile? Um, you know, what direction could we go? Is he just going to do it again and win again, or is he going to die and someone else? The story was going to follow someone else, or you know, 
Um, yeah, no. It's, so uh, it's going to be what interesting. What do you do now the character's changed? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I also am skeptical about now that this is a massive success because, yeah, like I said, from my understanding, Netflix were fairly hands-off with the making of this and I wonder if now it's this big They're thing. They're going to start putting their fingers in. Yeah, the fingers are going to go in the pie and you have too many cooks and any kind of good ideas this director and writing team might have are going to get lost in the weeds. But um, I guess we'll find out. Um, I hope not. I hope that yeah. isn't the case, but it feels like an, an inevitability with um, with Netflix track record. Um, mm. I hate to say it because they do green light a lot of really good shit. It seems to be something they're really good at is green lighting projects and then yeah. destroying them. Yeah, they seem uh, to like just hammering things into a fucking <laughs> into a coffin. <laughs> if it makes if it makes an ounce of money, yeah, and it was a risk originally, it's like right, we're milking this. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Um, so yeah, that was a good game. I'm going to give it yeah four star out of five. Perfectly, really, really great uh, piece of TV in this in this modern age that we live in. Uh, I really liked it. It was really cool. Um, I feel like I haven't really sold it very well. Uh, but this is a very smart, smart but simple show. Um, it's just just a good a good output from Netflix. I hope that they uh, invest more in these kind of projects in the future and. Uh, yeah these kind of and, and also being a vehicle for international stuff as well like that's just really cool reaching out to you know these mm-hmm. interesting creators from outside of the western world uh it's good so yeah if you, if you haven't caught it for some reason you just saw this uh check it out it's on netflix <laughs> i don't know your final thoughts on netflix on on netflix on squid game <laughs> fuck him fuck him um, <laughs> um well squid game yeah i i kind of accidentally slipped my synopsis or final thoughts earlier on you know it made me laugh it made me cry um i felt it was it was a little piece of genius um and the hype was actually worth it uh which is mad because that usually never happens everyone shouts about fucking netflix then i watch it and it's like oh it was it was all right yeah it's pretty good but it didn't blow me away um and this did blow me away it was um it was so refreshing it was so pleasant to have something that didn't seem unique, but um, it certainly was a story that was uh, had some new ideas and ran with it. Um, and Netflix, like I said, they do have a great track record in in uh, green lighting, almost like stories that people have fought for for years. Like the right. Duffer Brothers went through hell trying to get Stranger Things made. Yeah. Um, which beforehand, before this, this is uh, for those who don't know, Squid Game is now the most successful um, uh, uh, season ever to be produced by Netflix, which is insane. Yeah. Um, incredible achievement. Over um, over a hundred million views worldwide. Oh, it's insane. That's incredible. But that just kind of grasps the scope of how well the storytelling was. I think um, it's a real testament to it. Yeah. Um fantastic stuff. Um I applaud them all. Um it was by far one of my favourite things I've seen this year. Um yeah, me too. and uh I yeah, I personally couldn't recommend it enough. I thought it was an absolute joy to watch. Um I do apologise if you've watched you know, listened in and you know it's spoilers here with us. If you've listened in, well, you've you got know. something spoiled for you. There's still a lot <laughs> to uh uncover. Sure, yeah. Um 
you've a bit of an idiot if you if you made it this far and not watched it. I'll put I that bet. out there as well. I bet you're you one know of those, that already. You're one of those small brain, small brain idiots who, when you you go on Twitter.com and you see hashtag Far <sighs> From Home trending and you and you click on it and you look at pictures of Tommy McGuire, oh, and he's, he's, he's off it, he's <laughs> off on it again. You moron. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> right, awesome. Uh, uh, this is a double feature. Yeah. So we talked about last night in Soho, which we're gonna somehow transition to now. Um, so there you go. Enjoy that. Mm. Enjoy that part. Uh, it was over, over on Patreon.com. Uh, Five pound a month. Get that. Get, get you know bonus content. Uh, just saying. Um, so yeah. Perfect. This this is fantastic. This is a uh, fantastic um, outro. It's fantastic. Um, and it's not even ended yet. You yeah. you are literally halfway through. You are halfway through. Mm. But we're lucky, at the end. You lucky sods. It's very interesting if you think about it that way. In many ways, if you think time about travel's it. a funny thing. It's all timey wimey, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, we're going to talk about a timey wimey. It's fantastic. Timey wimey movie. No, 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 absolutely not. It was all planned out. <laughs> Poorly, but yes. Um, enjoy our review of last night's Soho. This was a featured on the Patreon <laughs> episode. You will just play. You will just play. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, oh, it's going to play. Oh, it's going to play now. Yeah, it's going to play. Go. Now. Listen, it's going to be like. Boom. last night solo um mm-hmm. we're gonna spoke we're gonna speak about that have you seen that i have yeah interesting <laughs> um yeah we could talk about we could talk about last night soho we, we could do um uh thumbs up thumbs down uh thumbs up yeah thumbs up yeah thumbs up yeah fuck it yeah we can do like a proper yeah, we'll do a proper up. episode we'll just do a bit of a bit of a old teaser as <laughs> Um, go on then. What do you think? 
yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's um, interesting, huh? Yeah. Initial thoughts on it are, I think, obviously he's a great director, so it's directed very well. Mm. Um, I think a lot of the sequences are very great. Um, mm. He's just, he's the dude, you know. <laughs> um, it's a bit more, it's more subtle than his other stuff. It's not as flashy as something like Baby Driver and some of the Cornetto mm. trilogy stuff. Um, and I've, I, my big worry going into it was like, is he going to be able to do horror well? I don't know if that's in his wheelhouse. Um, and I was wrong. Um, I found it as a horror very effectual. Um, I think my only reservation is the character characters. Um, I think. Edgar Wright might not be able to write real people. I think he can only write cartoon characters. Um, mm. Which is what he's good at, but I don't know if it works in something like this. Yeah. Um, I, I actually completely agree. Um, I think he's really struggled with um, grounding this film in... I'm not sure he... I think I think he struggled, yeah, in in grounding it and uh, yeah. <laughs> only doing cartoon characters is a very good way of putting it, actually. Um, <laughs> but like, obviously, Every, the t- the, yeah, the tone of this everyone's was just a little too, little too quirky, filmic. yeah, yeah, a bit too filmic, a bit too. And it, this is definitely a world that a is person. supposed to be more or less translated into the, into kind of. It, more into like the kind of reality parts but then again yeah you know the time that we did spend in like the the, the beginning like the setup for this like it did feel like you know it didn't feel as cartoonish like um uh you know there was there was kind of like a groundness to it that i really that shocked me and um my overall feeling of it was that i loved that he kind of explained it in interviews and stuff quite cleverly. It's like his Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like it was his love letter to the 60s and all this stuff. And in actuality, it was kind of like a more of a commentary on that period of time and explored like the elements of um, like areas that I really didn't expect them to, like the actual horror elements and the themes that he explored were not ones that I thought it was going to. I, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, yeah. And I... Uh, yeah but um it's interesting that it's like a love letter but also a critique a critique i like the um i like the idea of it i like the messaging of it i like this idea about hey like sure this this time yeah it was cool the music was cool the fashion was cool the dancing was cool like the culture was cool um but in reality you know there was a lot of fucked up shit going on and it's life and bad things happen and uh, this idea about like not having rose tinted glasses for the past and being mm. nostalgic for a time that you didn't live in as well um yeah. i fuck with that very much as a message i do not really get like <laughs> i i understand like enjoying something on an aesthetic level but yeah um I think we both know people who are very obsessed with like uh yeah you know vintage culture and uh like you know that kind of stuff having a lot of reference for like certain time periods 
any time period from the past and i always kind of think it's a bit weird because it's like well you you look at it so romantically but in actuality it can't be boiled down to such a simple (laughs) thing like that yeah and if you lived in that time you would just you'd just be a person and and you'd understand why (laughs) people from that time period would look at you and go you're such a fucking idiot like sure because it's like um there are attributes that you can pull from it where it's like times might have been simpler and all this kind of you know you've heard it all before but um like those are just kind of aesthetic things and like um just it's not like distinctive to that period of time um you can't generalize these things (laughs) Um, like for example i love like 60s 70s fashion because it's very colorful and it's very open and expressive um Mm. and that translates quite strongly into its music as well um yeah of course but then again like uh like uh cinema kind of like there was like a different era of cinema at that time and there was a stronger bolder scene within the 80s and you know there are things that you can pick from certain things that you like but like yeah it is <laughs> i always find it quite stupid and it's it's very easy to do that when you're younger as well like you you get obsessed with sure, like yeah. aesthetic and like something different anything yeah, yeah, that's like different like, i do it <coughs> you know like i prefer um i prefer um listening to music um through like hi-fi stuff I mean, i've got like uh, you know I'm, i collect records and tapes and all this kind of stuff because i like the physicality of it and i like yeah. the sat having a space where i could just sit down and um physically look through album art and and like enjoy yeah. an album all that, that kind of stuff and like i prefer the way that hi-fi makes music sound incredible um because that's that's what the way it was designed um and it genuinely sounds better than my headphones and they're like double the price and it's like that's it's mental um and and things like that but it's like uh yeah it's interesting that it was almost like a commentary on the generalization of being like oh you know i love this period of time like this i i I do and the character's a bit like that as well like sandy's or you know she's she's very obsessed with like this kind of lifestyle this idea um and and uh engulfed by it and um uh you learn that it's actually a kind of commentary on 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 that specific kind of area of uh like the entertainment industry of that period and uh sure. you learn alongside the main character that her love for this time period i think she literally says something like if i could choose any time to live it would be like It'd be here, here in, 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 in the 60s, 60s. Yeah. and all the kind of like adults in that scene were like all oh, right and all the other people kind of made fun of her and all this kind of stuff yeah, and then a, she physically I was experiences born in the wrong it. generation. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, that's yeah. her character and but it's also muddled in with horror elements where it's like I think it's a very clever thing to do where y- you take that idea and you try like, okay, how could I fit in a genre within this? It can't just be a drama, it's way too boring. Could it be a comedy, could it be an action, like what fits? And I like that he picked as like this really horrific kind of themes that you can delve into there. So use that to emphasize um the horror and made it a horror film um yeah yeah and i, I do yeah. think the horror is 
is good in it. Like, mm. um, I was gen- oh, king know, attention. Some, some se- secrets generally generally got me. Uh, the, the whole attention. scene in the um in the bedroom where he sees Sandy being she sees Sandy being murdered, and it's in a cut yeah, it's, of it's, real life where you have all the different visceral. characters come into it. It was it's like fucking hell, like. Yeah, that's a very well done sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the tension of those moments and the horror elements that get me. I've seen some people kind of complain, like, "Oh, she was just being chased by CG spookies," but I mean, whatever. Oh, <laughs> um, I like that stuff. I like the look of it. You know, I, I like. He's he's clearly like in it being a love letter to a time period as well. He's also clearly homaging which is this boy does but he's clearly homaging <laughs> directors like Polanski and yeah. Palmer and really but, taking those in influences and kind but, of a bit of Italian horror flavor as well and um it's, you know I it's, do, it's cool like it works <laughs> um, I, was, I was gonna say I, I do want to say that just to bring up your point earlier about how he, and he kind of does a kind of cartoon style of the things um, right, yeah. and emphasizes like like kind of enriches like real experiences in this kind of like um cartoonish facade and um is so good with format he has such he's a bank of film and knows like his like thematic elements so well um and bits of cinematography and 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 how music ties into like score and you know he is a bank of knowledge for all that shit and that's why he does it so well um and he's such a visionary as well in terms of like how to kind of blend scenes together and, and, and direct scenes visually and, and and so forth. But it means that in this film, in which tried to be a bit more grounded in serious themes, it yeah. came across as like the, the twist at the end. It just, it was so predictable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was, and like he, he laid yeah. the, he, he laid this, he laid a specific, very bold, breadcrumbs for you to figure it out so i'd figured it out and then it happened like it was like a huge surprise and it was like okay um well it it, yeah they reveal that the lady she's staying with is sally it's a like i i wasn't like concrete but when she turned up at the house and there's old lady and oh it was it was for me it was um they had like like i I just kind of thought like okay well clearly this character is gonna have some kind of involvement in whatever events happened in the past and yeah you know it's like well who is she though and then it's just you're just constantly on thinking like is she someone who's who's she (laughs) what's her involvement and then when you get that reveal it's like okay but it happens so like slowly drawn out that you're like i figured it out to say it and i i get that yeah. because obviously you figure it out before the character does and that's supposed to add tension but like i think it'd be a lot more effective if you if you really kind of buried her into the story so much so that you yeah. go how did i not see that but for me it was like you specifically put cut in, cutaways into there was that, that statue like that they she he showed going into the room um that she had it on a like cabinet and it was like well it's it's sandy then and but then they did a whole two minute <laughs> sequence where they were having a chat and it was like i know this what this is leading up to 
um it, it felt so like comic booky and i'm like yeah this is taking this this is really taking me out of it because you've 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 pulled me in and now this is starting to slowly unravel at the end and that's my yeah. biggest tripe about it and it uh, when i watched it i was i came out of it like oh like what i really wish it didn't bug me as much as it did but it did but ever since this is what i'll say about it ever since i'd seen it there hasn't been one day where i haven't thought about it i've always been i've been thinking about different elements of it every day of what i liked and i'm like it always seems like with Edgar Wright films, you watch it, and if there's something you don't like, sure. it's yeah. it really taints it for you, and then you maybe watch it again, or it just sticks with you for ages, and you go, oh, actually, it was... Because I had that baby driver. I wasn't sure how to feel about his tone, because yeah. I wanted to take it seriously, yeah. but then it was trying to like do... Ser- or, like, I was trying to have fun with it, like it was trying to do, but then it added, like, really serious, like, kind of bits in it, and I was like, that doesn't work, and, and it tone, you know, that was a bit off. But then I was like, actually, it's a really well-directed piece of action. And um, you go back and you spot things and stuff and you get you become almost like, a, a, um, not obsessed, but like kind of um, uh, in, allured by like um, like all these different elements. You go, oh, that's very clever, actually. He's, you can't deny it. That's very smart. And I'm getting out of this film as well. Like, sure. I'm picking out bits and I'm like, oh, that was actually quite clever. And, or, I'm kind of having the the opposite reaction i think i think when i came out of it i was like yeah boom done it again love him (laughs) he's so great oh he's so good and then the more i've kind of just just stated on it i'm like i don't i don't think that worked i I think and for me it's it's really that character thing i said about yeah people being cartoon characters the the way the navigation of like young people i think <laughs> was a little bit like hey kids <laughs> you know, hey my fellow kids <laughs> um they just didn't behave like people and they yeah. felt more like they felt more like traditional edgar Wright characters in that comedy sense i had that kind of i had a kind of feeling with baby driver where I, f- I felt like the characters were too cartoony but upon reflection like it works because Baby Driver is a cartoon. It's a live action cartoon. Um, and that's just kind of what his films are. And I think it was a shame with this because, yeah, like I said, of the more kind of serious elements of it. Yeah. And I think, I think like, if, you know, Eloise and her crew of characters just felt a bit more grounded, hmm. a bit more. Because she, she's played quite straight. Then there's like, the guy, you know, her friend, the guy, Ollie, I think his name is, and he's just very cartoony and, like, off, you know? He, he, was, very, like, he troubled me the most and... because, like, I didn't understand his character very well in the sense that, like, his, the, w- the way in which he behaved was quite odd. Like, yeah, he was, I didn't he was really a get strange him. strange character. Yeah. And, like, they didn't have, that, they didn't have, like, great chemistry. Like, he was just meant to be nice. He was just, like, a nice dude. And it was like, okay not really that interesting no um, no yeah he wasn't actually that like, interesting and, and, and never nothing was ever weird to him like he didn't behave yeah. in a way that i would and i guess that's what you're trying to say is that they they behaved like cartoon characters to serve the plot he, he, 
yeah he only he had like one element of his character and same with like the 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 you know the what's her name jocosta the the girl at uni like oh yeah she's she's just a bitch then that's all like she's just a cartoonish bitch and it's like yeah you know i see what you're doing but i don't know like it's not that she needs to be a super fleshed out character like she just serves the purpose of like pushing eloise away from uni um Mm. so she fills that role but like i don't know she wasn't you know she was a bit goofy uh, and like her you know the thing like she lives with her grandma who's was just this like uh, it just all felt a little off in that regard like it felt like it wanted to have these like really human elements and it just doesn't really come together because of the character portrayals and the characterizations you know when Ollie's trying to like yeah. comfort her it just feels off when she's back and forthing with her nan it, it just feels off when there's that kind of ending moment where you know they're all at the fashion show and it, it feels very that felt very like cartoony <laughs> like very much yeah like, the fucking end was like oh we wrap like, it up it, and it, it's all it, nice and everything works out end. and there's no issues there's no yay she tried to kill that girl not a problem and it's also like, it was okay. never addressed like obviously like i thought the whole twist was like actually she's imagining all this and she's fucking loony um because like obviously she at the beginning she sees her mum in the mirror and she established that she has this like talent or something um and you obviously get that bit of police where they're like you're absolute fucking loon um well the, the introduction of her like psychic connection or whatever was a was, bit like i was like <laughs> i don't know how to take this like is it like a serious thing or like it was a lot especially to just yeah. open with it to just yeah. open with like it was yeah like, she sees he, her mum he died. was like this is just, a thing no, accept no it and it's going to be an issue later on. And I was just like, <laughs> I need a bit more feel, than that. It didn't feel necessary either. Like, I didn't feel like I needed that to buy that she's, like, spiritually inclined. That she's got this connection with another world or something. Like, I could have mm. just bought, she moves into a spooky house and she sees visions in her sleep. I didn't need that as, like, padding, you know? I didn't need mm. that to, be, to, to, like, justify... And it wouldn't have like, changed, like, I, I was thinking then, I was like, yeah, but Alex, like, that that's what kind of was, like, the motive of, like, the grandmother character was that she was always worried about the fact that she's like, have you seen her again? But I, again, it, she, again, it would have worked if just being a normal grandmother where she's like, oh, is it too much? Like, yeah, I'm uh, worried like, about you. I'm worried you about you. Like, London. You moved, like, it would literally work the same like that. Like, why did you And you can still, like, you can still have thing? the back, yeah, you can still have the backstory that, like, her mum died and she moved to London and it was too stressful. Like, you still have that as, like, the backs, like, you know, and that, that's fine. I don't know if I needed to... Yeah, I don't think you needed to have the psychic connection. No. I, I think that's a bit of a, a... Again, another nod to, like, these other films that that this is clearly inspired by, mm. where, like, you've got these female characters who have kind of psychic connections. Edgar Wright loves Carrie, so I imagine mm. that's where he was drawing from just felt super like it just felt like a bit too much and especially when we're being introduced to this character and we're trying to like suss them out as a person and you just mm. throw us this kind of kind of a curveball like it also yeah, seems see, like sees dead people <laughs> it's like okay yeah. like, uh, well, can't really like... i can't really get involved with the character at that point because you've introduced this like fantastical element about them from the get-go like if it, it felt a bit uh misjudged in that regard mm. Well, it was like, uh, obviously you mentioned it, like Carrie and that, like, it's obviously, this film obviously is still a homage to all those films, but 
I didn't expect the the bad parts of those films are those unexplained or unnecessary attributes that don't really add to the psychological elements of the horror. They're um, kind of those those elements are like yeah, you, you can criticize them, but they're also they're also kind of like the charming things about them, right? So, but, uh, but then again, like tonally, it didn't for. work that way in this film. Like, it wasn't a charming aspect. It just like just made yeah. It... Well, I think that was the intent that it would be. It's kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what that means. Yeah, or, or like so. a kind of kind I'm of peculiar element that, of the story. I'm not certain that obviously he wanted his audience to go in and be that serious about it. This, this is the thing as well. I didn't know how going in. I didn't know how yeah. Edgar Wright yeah. wanted us to kind of go about watching it like did he want us to take it really seriously as like his first horror did he want us to know it was like kind of like a goofy story or like a kind of homage piece and that it's yeah. going to take like i think that on the second watch having known its tone i'm going to enjoy it more knowing it's more of a homage piece because i think the first time i watched it i was like i potentially I, yeah. I didn't know what i expected but now i understand that yeah. tone i'll probably will yeah. come out of it it's like, how, actually again it's how i felt about baby driver where Mm. first time i saw that i was like you know it, like it's all directed super well like literally the same feelings like this is all directed super well like, but like the tones put me off but then when you kind of go into it knowing what it is you're like okay like this actually works exactly i don't know i don't know if it's going to be the case with this one i get the feeling that it's still gonna be an issue probably just because like i again i i think characters like ollie and the side characters and stuff they're just not really fleshed out enough um I will still have those issues with it, but then again, I have that yeah. issue with like Baby Driver. It was like those characters have the same issue in that. Um, I guess, but like I can accept it in Baby. Like that's a difference. It is more like, like a, it is it more like a comic Baby book Driver movie. It's a different. Baby Driver is a hundred percent a cartoon, whereas yeah. Last Night at Soho, like it is trying to be a little. It's trying to say some stuff, you know. Like we said, like it's trying to comment on some shit. So it being yeah. a cartoon, I don't know if it's the right way to position it. Mm-hmm. I think he could have, and and again, this was like my kind of my question going into this from the beginning was how is he going to navigate his Edgar Wright senses, and that don't seem to really gel with the genre he's going for. Um, maybe it is that you know, because mm. um, th- there is just some goofy shit in this, like the old man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the old man who follows her about and is really menacing and weird, but then we find out. I know he used to be a policeman. I don't like, you know. I didn't I actually see purpose. that one coming. I expected. I I was kind of building this. No, in, that was in, cool. That was a cool twist. Yeah. Yeah, like that twist got me. Caught me off guard. Like there were jump scares in this that really caught me off guard. Like he. This is the what. <laughs> this is the thing. Like you have the same conversations with all of his movies where about tone and and characters and all this stuff. But then you go back to the same point of being like, it's so visually directed so fucking well like he just knows how to hit these marks he knows how to build tension so well he knows how to make you jump you know and 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 for example like obviously we, we haven't really spoken about matt smith and um anna taylor joy in this but like i thought they were fucking amazing like i thought they were great um i i, I like i i kind of really got the tone of it and it it that whole kind of essence of that time period when they went in and whether it was like romanticizing it or really delving into the nitty gritty of it, I felt immersed the whole time. Um, and it was because of like 
I think the way he directed it and um his his use of music and um and like especially like how how well they did all the blending of how she fit into it she wasn't just like an observer she was like like in its cinematography muddled into like even mirrors or like she would switch like using like invisible cuts and stuff like i was just watching it and i was like this is this is fucking amazing like this is such an interesting way of doing time travel like or like some sort of like premonition yeah all the uh flashback sequences are cool like the mirror stuff is really it's just they it's just done perfectly um done practically as well um you know when she's coming into the lobby she's getting a coat taken off um yeah. what they did was like so that's just a cut out like that's just a cut out on the wall and they, so they mimic each the other side. <clears throat> yeah and also but then there's also another detail where um the what do you call it the maitre d the like host or whatever like when he takes her jacket you see him in the reflection as well and that's um the people who played so there's two actors there playing the maitre d and those oh, are man. the guys who played the weasley trends in harry potter oh really <laughs> yeah because <laughs> they were like well we need t- the only way we can do this convincingly in camera is to have twins so they're like well, who do we know <laughs> ah, that's so cool and like uh the dance the dance scene where she's sw- they're switching uh they're switching anya and um and uh is it T- thompson uh thompson yeah uh they're switching them out and they were doing that just they were just walking around the camera they were just avoiding the camera <laughs> during this rehearsal sequence um and Insane. and yeah it, it's hard to hate on that because it, it's just uh it's done so well it's very pleasing to look at it works for the narrative it mm. you can't you can't knock that stuff so that's why i come out like positive overall on it I think like last night Soho commits some stuff where in another film I would be like oh I don't know about this <laughs> um, <laughs> but he is such a strong director that it's just hard to really hate on it you know and like not give it credit where credit's due because um, I've seen some people are like quite negative on this sure. I think it's just like not fair <laughs> <laughs> um in in that regard in that like the transitions between the dreams and the reality are really good that bed sh- that, that bed shot is like chef kiss you know where, where it's like mm. the sheets going infinite great oh it's so good <laughs> so good yeah you like, know he, he's he's so good at storyboarding and composing these kind of yeah. images and um you know it, it's hard to not just be kind of swept away by that stuff um although i do i do think it is kind of underplayed a bit like he it isn't as kinetic as like mm. something like baby driver you know it's, it's a little bit of a different flair for him i think i don't know maybe like like the blurring of realities and stuff like i i like that kind of stuff from him I, I he's he is good at that stuff he's great at transitioning scenes and obviously like we don't need to talk about it. like people for for i've spoke about it to death about his scene transitions and stuff yeah but it's hard not to get swept up in all of that and i think that's what kept me going with it is like look he's he might not be the best writer in the world <laughs> <laughs> but 
he's a he's a fantastic director and he seems yeah. to play well and like i never was like bored really like i was never uninterested i was always engaged like you know it was a it was a really good time and it's hard it, it kind of annoys me that people are really down on it there, there's this kind of like this happens with people who are like really you know um held up on a pedestal or like any or like pieces of art or directors where you kind of get the second wave of people who are like oh, is he that good and like i get it i'm as annoyed with the edgar wright fanboys as anyone else <laughs> um you know i love his movies but i'm not gonna like die die on a hill for him you know where mm. some people will and i also understand there are other really great visual directors out there like edgar wright didn't invent these things he's just he's you know he's just good at what he does <laughs> mm. um and i get frustrated with that as well like and i'm sure you know being in film school and stuff that you probably run into a lot of people who absolutely uh, put him on a pedestal and idolize him like a a king yeah 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 and, and, it's, and, and that's, uh, that's also uh, coming from like being there totally being there I, I, where i'm like i was gonna say I, i've spoken about that i did a um fucking a lecture at our old college and someone asked about that they were like what's your favorite director and i was like this is always a really tricky one <laughs> um because you have a lot of people who go into like film school and they have like a what is seen as common directors and people always turn their nose up like people say christopher nolan or tarantino or edgar wright or right. <laughs> you know wes anderson wes anderson and i don't actually have anything against that like that you know you're i'm more about exploring why the you know why that is like maybe you might like the way that they 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 direct the scenes um in terms of like tension or maybe like the way that the the cinematography is in those films or the topics or you know breaking down's the interesting bit but like people just get fucking shit on um and you know some people do see films like Edgar Wright undoubtedly sees this kind of like he loves films that like are kind of cheesy and and uh and pioneer things and stuff like he's never been one for developing films that are gonna f- like like change the change the whole film industry like um or like sure. blow blow your mind or will give you like a twist that will like stick with you for the rest of your life like you know he's not mm-hmm. he's not someone who wants to do like the next inception or like mm. 2001 a space odyssey you know he's he doesn't like those kind of films he doesn't want to make those he wants to have fun with it and he wants to explore like all the fun elements of film and and his passions for all these classics he loves and use yeah, his yeah. bank of knowledge in film um so yeah there's nothing wrong with that it's just like i get what you mean um yeah yeah it's it's just like <clears throat> people use it as an excuse for not exploring things that we're talking about you know yeah definitely like i think you, that you can definitely run into people where if you criticize his work they would they they would maybe uh i'm completely <laughs> i'm completely making a straw man right now but like i you, you it, it it's like it is an annoying thing with these name directors like edgar wright like tarantino like wes anderson 
think I spoke about before with Wes Anderson, where like they make they just make movies that they want to make exactly, and you just have to, you know, sometimes you just have to accept that their style just isn't for you. Like mm. I'm just not I'm not obsessed with Wes Anderson, you know, but like mm. I like the vibe Edgar Wright goes for. I don't think it always works. For example, like with this, I I, I think it's a little off and it's a little misjudged Mm. um but i'm open to that conversation and i and i think like (laughs) yeah you you run into (laughs) you run into a lot of people who um can't fathom that uh you know you could ever do a bad film yeah or that like you can criticize elements of his films or whatever and um yeah it's also like can you imagine being edgar wright and no one ever criticizing your work because they're afraid to like because they they adore you so much yeah. like like yeah, he doesn't want this. fucking people around him like going you are literally the king of film like yeah <laughs> we kiss the ground you walk on like it's it's not yeah. how like artists want to have no. themselves perceived they want to have an open conversation about I mean, some, elements, some that's how they learn like, um, he doesn't strike me as as that kind of director and, absolutely and if it was, not uh, no yeah and like in the case of soho like this feels like a progression for for him. It doesn't feel like he just made another Cornetto movie or he just did Baby Driver again. Like, this is a new area for him. He's doing new stuff in this. And, like, that's, that's what good you want. to see. Mm. Exactly. Because, like, you don't want to see a great talent who just kind of does the same thing over and Whistles over again. the same tune every time. Yeah, like there, there is something charming in that of like you just know what you're in for with certain people. But I respect that so far Wright's career has been like pushing the needle, you know, and maybe not so much in with some ones, but I feel like he's done something different with each film, definitely. Um, which is more you can say than you know some some directors. And, he, right. and he's making original and he's making original stuff too like this is a original story you know um it's it's not a spin-off or a franchise or anything like that you know and mm. and that and that's rare and rare and he's a very big voice for that for making original movies and you know having his name on things um so yeah it's i can't write him off you know <laughs> just not that i do um yeah, you 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 get that you get the two extremes that you you get the people who are, who do just obsess and think he's Jesus, and then you get like the people who are like, oh God, how could you even enjoy that? There's no in between, and it's ridiculous. Like, uh, I've I've never seen um, it like whenever I read like an article or review of his stuff, it never seems like fair. It's always either like it was the best thing since sliced sliced bread. Yeah, rightfully so for yeah. some circumstances, but it's like also like. Like this is the shittest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I've seen some fucking brutal reviews for this, and I've seen some yeah, that have literally like kissed the ground he walked on. And it's like he probably doesn't want either of those circumstances. Um, he probably knows no. that it was an experimental film. And I'm sure he's proud of how it came out, and I'm proud of him for doing it. Like, um, it wasn't my favorite of his. I think there are things bad with it, but I think there are things that are kind of bad with all of his films as every film like you can always find something bad about it um yeah this one just has a few more than his others do like i, I still enjoyed it i i actually 
can't wait to see this one again. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm definitely gonna try try catch it again. And his um, love for uh, his passion for music shines through. You, uh, he's not a um, fucking Spotify playlist scroller. He he makes his own fucking tune, um, and uh, I love that. You know, he, yeah, true. Like, yeah, this is a like, '60s movie, and there's none of the. Uh, I recognize one song in this entire thing, and I love '60s music. I recognize the one song by the Kinks, and yeah, <laughs> I love that song. And then all the others, I was like, I've never heard this song before. Like the Shirley Bassey song that he used when she first went into the the world, and it was like, I was like, I, I get this with a lot of his films. Like if I haven't heard. A, a, a song that he's used i get mad because i'm like how did i not know about this song before you fucking genius like this is so well done because you have a lot of needle drops nowadays that use like fucking like led zeppelin cruella well, uh, this year you know like it's like oh you've used black and black and black or you've used like um fucking a rolling stones tune it's like oh kill yeah. me now like very commercial yeah. songs where like it's cool if you use it right if it fits the tone but just putting yeah, it in yeah. there because it's popular is like i actually want to kill you yeah and edgar wright <laughs> really is very fair with like and very considerate about what music makes it into his soundtracks and they always fit the tone perfectly and yeah. still somehow um yeah he's he's always great on that regard he's, he's that is one thing he always does well is needle drop um and i applaud him for it because yeah like i said i love 60s music um but like everything in fit like every bit of knowledge that i've come across in my life he knows more and is 100 times better at it um but yeah fucking great soundtrack great tone um and um i look forward to seeing it again um and i look forward to all the other bizarre shit he's got up his sleeve about things he wants to experiment with um, I believe he's yeah, doing that Steven Spielberg adaptation, isn't he? I don't remember what it was of, but he's doing like a Stephen King novel. Oh, really? He's doing like I think it it was a film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I can't remember what film it was. Stephen King. Um, uh, oh, The Running Man. The Running. I think Man. he, I think he's doing like that adaptation. Um, and he's I don't think he's actually writing the screenplay um, which I think is the first if it's yeah. true it will be the first film he's ever done where he didn't write the screenplay oh, or was involved in the screenplay so that's like yeah. really exciting um, no idea what that means or what that's going to come out like but like you know I remember reading the plot for looking on the IMDB for when Baby Driver was like in pre-production yeah I was like a romance fuck like <laughs> this sucks um because it was always so vague and then the first trailer dropped and i was like oh my god this is fucking insane i love it um so i have absolute faith in everything he he takes on that it's going to have something about it that is just genius and um i'm glad that yeah. this had something unique about it that was genius that hasn't really been like explored before within his work um and yeah that's my take on yeah on that. yeah it's cool it's cool that like he he's constantly i yeah I, I trust his judgment when he chooses stuff you know i think like 
we always talk about the Ant Man thing, but like clearly he just made the right decision there, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't. He he's not a. He doesn't strike me as a paycheck director, you know. Uh, there's always something he's interested in doing. There's always I, a conceptual in or something or I can always something trust he's passionate that, about. Yeah, uh, I, I was gonna say I could always trust that whatever he signs on for, he's like a hundred percent into. Um, because like you said you know there's been evidence in the past in which he has cut off projects because of various reasons and it's like I always trust that whatever he signs on for is just going to be like okay he's he's in on this 100% let him fucking do his magic um, and really kind of make this best it can be in his in his vision Um, yeah and he's doing doing different stuff like because he's done that he's done this documentary I haven't caught it yet, but... Oh, shit, <clears throat> of course. Sparks Brothers, two news in this yeah, year. Yeah. First horror and first documentary. Um, I, I love it. Like, I love that he's he's clearly in the point of his career now where he, he realises that he's in demand. He's probably really fucking hot in demand. But it gives him the choice of, like, actually being like, do you know what? I don't want to fucking do Avengers 5, thank you very much. Um, put your wallet away. I want to do a documentary about Sparks Brothers that you've never heard of and it's like fucking fair enough mate and he aces it yeah and he's got that trust from studios and stuff where they go okay he's in a he's in a golden era for that studios are literally like we'll do whatever you want (laughs) sure yeah Um, yeah because I imagine this must have been a bit of a hard sell this must have been a bit bit of a hard sell yeah being like okay so it's like a homage throwback 60s thing He's always been oh, good at that, mm. though. Like, I remember reading up about how he pitched Baby Driver. Um, and if you are interested in screenplays or screenwriting, go and dig out that. It's available openly. Go dig out that screenplay and read it because, like, the first sentence is, uh, is like, this film is meant to be played alongside music or something like that. And then, like, he wrote the entire script with, like, the actual, like, numbers and beats of each song and the visual things that goes next to it um, and sold it as like this is like a film alongside a specific set of music that's you know that's very precisely timed and I've been working on this for like seven years and it, it, there's a few videos that explore that but like he's he seems to be very good at pitching ideas and really selling it so I am not surprised that things like this get through um, he's very clever in that regard because like you said earlier, whatever he signs on for, he's hundred percent passionate on, and I think really knows the ins and outs of every aspect of it. Um, so, like, just look forward to it. I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, <clears throat> just let it be wacky and wonderful. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think I think like I I I think he's got so much more up his sleeve. Mm. Um. No, we're just not sure of yet. Mm. Um, but yeah, back to Soho. Um, I don't have much else to say about it. I would like to see it again. I I, I wonder, <clears throat> in terms of the mystery element, I wonder how much more you'll notice on a second watch, you know? Um, Probably not much. Like, um, well, this film's quite rewatchable, but... It, it, I, nothing sticks out in mind of like, oh yeah, that, you know. 
there are specific bits that I really want to rewatch just because of how they were kind of like directed and shot. Like the whole scene in which um, Sandy and um, Matt Smith's character, was it Jack? They yeah. first meet and that kind of like the, the spending time in that world with the way that they shot it. Like I want to spend time in that and I want to try and find visual cues and uh, interesting ways that they shot this film. But that's just because I'm, you know, I, I come from a cinematography background. I'm a complete nut for it. Like, I would watch this film just to see like how they lit a scene because um, it's all done so expertly. But um, uh, yeah, so I guess I'm going back for that. I'm not really kind of looking to see if it surprises me in terms of its like, um, I feel like I kind of got everything from its, I think I'll enjoy it more the second time around because of its, I understand its theme it's going for and it's kind of like uh it's mood even um and the way the i think the appropriate way to kind of go into this and approach it um but yeah i'll be looking for the technical bits and bobs like i really enjoyed like (laughs) it was even i knew he couldn't fucking help himself (laughs) like that i i had the biggest grin on my face with the scene that i was on about earlier where she walks into um, you know, she walks to the main road with a cinema with a Sean Connery like poster, um, right. yeah, Thunderball, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and she first gets into this world, and the the, the music swells, and Shirley Bassey's playing, and um, like she was literally turning around in the street, and there were like people like like walking to like the beat of it, and there were like buses that were like ding ding to like the beat of it, and I was like, he couldn't help himself. I knew he'd do it, like he'd, he'd like snapping his bits of worlds into into beats of music, um, which obviously he went ham on in Baby Driver and and other various bits and bobs. But um, I loved the aspects of his style in that regard, where they wouldn't really fit into a horror set, like were seeping through the cracks and um, even like transitions and close ups and stuff were seeping through in his style. And I love all that. You know, I love how it adapts um, because it can't be like as wacky as Hot Fuzz was, for example. But like mm. that, that was like toned down or at least adapted in a different way when he did um, The World's End. And then Baby Driver was also like done in a different way. Like it was done to 150% um, because it was supposed to be more cartoonish. And now it's toned down to like 25%. And it's like, well, how do you still maintain that then? Um, mm. that's the stuff I find interesting the stuff I'll be trying to pick out again when I watch it but um, and, and notice if he's hidden anything because uh, he's very good at that too but yeah he loves his details <clears throat> I just want to now I understand the scope of it and what to expect I want to just delve into the um, the other elements that you know uh, that I enjoy and really appreciate about his films yeah um, yeah I feel that I feel that what, um, what? what would you say his best film is? Out of curiosity. I think um, The World's End is underrated, like massively underrated in terms of like what he tried to achieve yeah. with it and what he actually succeeded in it. The fact that it yeah. was un, uh, like unintentionally as well, like seeped into this greater trilogy. Like, you know, it's often discussed that they didn't really like, they didn't, you sure, know, just kind of. They didn't really mean way. to format yeah, it yeah. like, like, uh, like in terms of like tone, 
tried to fit them all together it was just like they're completely different movies but unfortunately because of um because of the the essence of it and that and, and those elements people looked at that film to be like the pinnacle ending of like those two films and taking the best elements and it being like the the best of all of them and i'm like I think a lot of people are like, yeah, but it wasn't as good as Hot Fuzz, or it wasn't as good as Shauna, <laughs> because like he's all, he also did Scott Pilgrim, um, and he did loads of other like bits and music videos and like so many other bits of sure, experimentation yeah. with media. Um, yeah, I think um, like the fact that people think, would just disregard it because it, it in relation to those other films is so so far beyond me. Um, yeah, I put because it back it, on the money. <clears throat> World's End is like, I think it's his best film. Um, it's like the black sheep of the, of his filmography. I think that's like, what I mean. But like, it, it it's, touched it's in not areas. As, um, it's not as um, punchy and as funny necessarily as something like Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz are. But I think it's his best story. Like I, the the places it goes to. resonated with me very very much and um i was surprised by that because because as i've been saying like he writes cartoon characters but in world's end they kind of pull you back into this really real place um that just works really well uh and really was surprising um and i think i like the more low-key elements of that film in terms of its humor i Um, was yeah bang on uh, and it's and it you know people always talk about like iconic scenes from Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz but Wild has got loads of moments like that loads of really excellent gags and stuff it's arguably the most quotable sequ- sequ- sequences uh I don't know uh, about I, that well in terms of like like uh what well, for me it is at least oh, I can quote that film a lot more I don't know I think it was the characters that specifically like um yeah, yeah. the characters, yeah, the characters are so memorable like there's such there's so many more characters to consider in the story but yet they're so strong um yeah. and written so so well um they also um i like that they changed the dynamic between peg and frost in that film it's gold like, dust isn't it it's like just brilliant you like if you if you watch those if you watch a cornetto trilogy you realize like Oh, so because Simon Pegg's always like his his characters are always meant to be funny, but he's like the straight man in their kind of duo and flipping that dynamic. I just think is very well done and actually works. I think a little bit better, <laughs> to be honest. And the yeah. other ones, it's nice to see. It's nice to see Nick Frost be like a person, you know, and like yeah, be the straight absolutely. man and see yeah. like Simon Pegg go to more like of a cartoony area, but also still have a very like grounded character, like. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a lot going under the hood and uh, in World's End that doesn't get appreciated. And bringing it back to its like serious underbelly, the kind of like elements that really pull you back into being like, oh, this is quite you know, this is quite a commentary. Um, yeah, yeah. Like it pulls you back in so uh, so much more effectively than I feel like like last night's Soho does, like. It's yeah, underlying themes and stuff that it builds up with its characters, like it really is the true foundations of what that make that fil- film works. And then all the elements yeah. that Edgar Wright puts in, um, and 
all the comedy, all the great action, um, the absurdity of it all, like, it doesn't wash away how brilliant the actual story, un- the underbelly of it really truly is. Um, yeah, I agree. And, like, it, in my eyes, like, it is the perfect mix. Like, Hot Fuzz, for example, everyone, would, I think, would yeah. say Hot Fuzz is, like, the best film. Um, but it is just, yeah. like, a comedy. Like, uh, it, 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 like, it, it is, I think it is a perfect, like, film, like, for what it is. But The World's End provides, like, a, a more, a, a tone which takes it one step further and really yeah, proves how good of a director he actually is. Yeah, it's got more depth and it's it's more thoughtful overall. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for what it was going, like, yeah, I think the balance is a lot better. Uh, and it, it, yeah, with Soho, it's it's that thing where I, I think his balance was just a bit off with it. I think yeah. he just, uh, he missed out on some opportunities to do a bit more. And even in, uh, in terms of the messaging, like, because even though I kind of, I do like the take of, hey, you know, don't, romanticize the past too much um but then i'm also like well i fucking you this is also edgar Wright who clearly loves all that shit too so it's like a it, it's not the most profound you know thing that he's saying in this and also like the <clears throat> the feminist aspects of it are a little like i feel like they could have gone further with that like with the the boyfriend character like i don't know it, it, it they could have maybe explored those elements with him maybe like that yeah there's a it seems like there, there's some places that it could have gone that it didn't <clears throat> it didn't have that kind of underbelly of like um oh this is like a real human story underneath that i can sink my teeth into yeah. and relate to and doesn't have that guide me through yeah it doesn't really have that and you know i'm not sure it's supposed really... to but he's kind of proven in the past that it's possible I would have liked it in this because yeah. it seems very personal in t- in aspects, you know. So that's where I thought we were going with yeah. it. Like it got to that bit where they were running through the corridors. You saw like the the fucking the women backstage shooting up and passing out yeah. and dying, and it was like, okay, here's where it starts. <laughs> like we're getting yeah. into the world end territory where it's like it's exposing its underbelly, um, and that's where I thought the horror was going to come from, but it never went there. And that's why I kind of left a little bit disappointed, but... No, it's kind of window-dressing. Yeah, there are things that are bringing me back into appreciating it, which we've obviously spoken about, but I've seen it be possible. And I don't know how much of it is due to the fact that him and Simon Pegg working together is gold dust, because Simon Pegg is like obviously a very integral part of the writing process of that film, of those films even, that yeah, make it... True. You know, I don't want to say it like that because he's proven how on his own he's he's incredibly talented and he is obviously well, he the a, creative force he, of of. Well, he wrote he wrote this with we probably we should probably be a mistake to not mention that um, <laughs> he wrote this yeah, with course. someone. He wrote this with a uh, Kirsty Wilson Carnes. Mm. <clears throat> I think that's how you say. I'm probably saying her name wrong, but um, mm. yeah, he he's a collaborative director, you know, and I. I it may be like some of these things are rubbing up against maybe like it's just flavors that she was putting in and because it seems it does seem like um you might have got a female writer on to flesh out that perspective more um but i i, I do think yeah. it's also a side that 
could have been done a bit more, but done a bit better. It's a bit one note. <coughs> well, she, you know, she's an incredibly talented writer. You know, she worked on um, like 1917, and 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 I, I felt that that film, in its tone, was just fantastic. Um, like, there's no doubt that she's an incredibly talented writer, um, and. I, I guess I don't know like you know some it, I, I think again it's the tone in which they decided to go for I think was different from what perhaps we were expecting it to go down and therefore we felt that perhaps it was missing something that we ex, you know that we expected Maybe. to be there I think that's part of it that's why I want to see it again knowing well, I think it's, it's also yeah and it's also that thing that oh, let's talk about the I'm in the easy chair where I've seen the full thing yeah, and I can exactly. go, oh, you know, it would be good if you did that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, you, these things aren't always <laughs> a given or necessarily make the film better, whatever better means. This nebulous thing that we keep <laughs> we keep dipping into. Um, but but yeah, yeah, to to, to cap up, I, I really had a good time with it. Like, mm. I, I think he actually is a very good horror director which um did surprise me I, I didn't think he would be able to navigate that too well but now he's got it he's he's uh, he's definitely got the the chops for it i don't know why i doubted him in that regard but i i do think like story is lacking um especially in the character department and i hope they're like next projects he works on or next thing that he writes with or whatever like he can kind of figure something out and because I like when it, I do, I like we're saying with words, and I like when it gets a bit personal and gets a bit more introspective. Um, it seemed like Soho was like ripe for that, and you know, maybe, uh, like I said, maybe going into it a second time, I'll go, Oh, it doesn't really matter, but <clears throat> it just it's it's been nagging at me since seeing it. Is like that that's an element that did disappoint me, unfortunately, but. It's it's all he's just so good at what he does that it's hard to really be that mad about it. Um I think I'd give oh, yeah. it a, I think seven out of ten overall. Mm. Um <clears throat> That's fair. I think that's I think that's fair. Mm. Um I came out of it more kind of four, nine area. Um but after kind of gestating on it, I think seven's fair. Um and we'll see maybe rewatch I'll uh, I'll readjust and who knows. But yeah, what's your final thoughts? Um, yeah, I think it's very similar. It's seven and a half. Um, and yeah, it's um. Well, I can't. I literally can't comment. I think I've spoken everything um, I can about it and explained why. Like, I want to go see it a second time. And um, I'm just excited. I'm so. I'm. So, I actually am quite proud of him that he did it. Like that he. Like, because it must have been so fucking daunting going for such a different style, um, and like he has achieved it, and he's achieved it very well. Um, I think, I think one big thing we haven't spoke about is like the marketing for it. Um, oh yeah, I think the marketing was part of the reason to why um, everyone went in with different expectations, um, because the first trailer was very kind of like. Uh, it gave off a tone where it was like this is supposed to this is like a really deep horror but like it, it doesn't look that scary 
So everyone was a bit like, okay. And the second trailer just gave away sure. the entire, like, not the entire plot, but like the actual, the proper meat of it. And kinda, I left. Kind of doesn't, kind of doesn't though, does it? Uh, I guess. I don't know. <clears throat> I think it gave too much away. Yeah, I um, think it gave too much away. It, it like, it doesn't actually spoil the film. But it, no, obviously not. No, no. It does spoil. Yeah, it spoils a chunk of the film because yeah, for because you get you get like the if you're going in knowing that already, then like you you're kind of stripped of a moment or like that's what I mean. Of, You've described yeah. it very well there. You've described it very well because obviously um, you you later find out Matt Smith isn't actually the killer or. Yeah, Matt Smith didn't actually kill her. Yeah. But, you know, f- for a significant portion of the film, that's what you're meant to think. And if that was like a reveal within the film of, oh my God, he killed her, that's what happened. Yeah, that, that would have been a nice kind of stepping stone for the narrative as well, for you to be there in in the film. Like, oh, okay, this is where we're at. And then mm-hmm. may- maybe the final twist would be more impactful because of that. Um marks in it's a it's a bitch (laughs) yeah it's tough and um i think that's the reason why tonally everyone didn't really know what to expect going in and i think that definitely tainted an experience and again fucking trailers man um i do yeah fucking trailers just don't watch them when you told me that like the latest trailer spoils i was like okay well i'll just avoid it And then mm. when I went to see Dune <laughs> played, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, fuck, yeah. fuck's sake!" <laughs> yeah, can't escape it, man. Can't escape. Yeah. But anyway, it, it, disregarding that, yeah, um, I've literally said all. I've said my entire piece about how I felt about that film. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it's uh, well done. Thumbs up. I look forward to seeing the future of. Uh, what you do mr right hope you're listening i know you're not but we love you <laughs> um and yeah um, i mean there's so many films i want to go see at the minute there's obviously was anderson's new piece that um we i am quite intrigued by <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, gonna yeah. go down this avenue um yeah, every, <laughs> every episode is just like right yeah, so anyway. see the next marvel film uh yeah <laughs> No, no. Um, that's kind of what's all that's out at the minute, isn't it? Um, anyway, yeah. Any any closing thoughts? Um, yeah, go say it's a good time. Uh, I think uh, lower your expectations, as you always probably should. Um, but it's a treat if you haven't seen it. and you've, I mean, you haven't seen it and you listen to all of that. Uh, you're an idiot. Hate to say <laughs> it. Yeah, you're an idiot. Um, there we go. There we go. Um, there you go. Right. What we'll do is we'll do a, a little bit of an outro here for outro. the slice in okay. the, uh, after that because we don't want it to be too blunt. True. Yeah, the, the, the Soho one just ends with being like, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't want to talk about Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> um, wow, wasn't that good? Didn't you enjoy that review that you just listened to? And hey, it- you're at the end of the episode now. Welcome back. We're back this in the is present. Me, this is- <laughs> We just time travelled uh, from earlier. Yeah, for us, it this was is, this is crazy. It was a bit like if you, you ever seen Interstellar. You were just on the planet, but we were on the ship. It's been like six six, six seconds here. 
for you it's, it's been six six fucking painful hours for you i'm, I'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> your child <laughs> your child is now 30 years old i'm sorry um oh. thanks for listening as always if you want to keep up to date with the show you can follow us at twitter.com final draft show instagram.com final draft pod at facebook.com at final draft podcast and you can send me send me an email at gmail.com uh at, <laughs> i can't oh. i can't say dot com with everyone because <laughs> it's it's final draft podcast <laughs> at gmail.com uh get in touch let us know if you want to talk directly with us the best way to do so is to join the discord there's a link over on the social medias join the ruddy discord be part of the community share your hot takes and opinions let us know what you Fantastic. thought about squid game and last night soho and what's your favorite crisp let me know i'm very curious to find out um, oh here we go look <laughs> salt and vinegar chaps over there look yeah sure let's 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 band together if, if sure. any of you out there have tried the baked salt and vinegar crisps or any of the baked range and enjoy them let me know you've been unfortunate please. enough to put that in your mouth no 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 don't listen to him come on <laughs> you know if you haven't tried it go out and try it give us your opinion um, and if you hate it, I am so sorry, but that's your own fault for not liking it, I'm afraid. Well, it is the best crisp. You heard it here from the man himself. Um, as mentioned earlier, this part of this review went early on Patreon.com. If you're interested in getting some, every now and again we chuck stuff up on there early and you also get other stuff as well where we just shoot the breeze and talk about whatever, trending topics mm. and the like. Uh, £5 a month for patreon.com slash final draft get access to the writer's room get a special role on discord too so there's even more incentive for you to join the discord um, Adam yeah, I just remembered as well <laughs> yeah because this is a double what feature we need to do a recommendation yeah. oh bugger it's, it, oh, we're not in Christmas season yet are we no we're not not yet oh for goodness sake okay um, hang on, let me get my notebook out <laughs> fucking hell. Did you open your drawer <laughs> big big book on the table yeah it sounds like you're getting like a let's, tomb out let's oh I, I, trust me mate my list is a is, is a cracker you um you, go on mate go on give, give us your give us your sample unless you haven't thought of one and <laughs> you're like me where you're now trying to have to think of one I'm not looking uh, I'm not looking through my watch list right now I'm trying to find something right, right. Uh, let's do <laughs> Amazing. Um, 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 uh, I'd quite like to do one. Go on, then. What have you got? That's all right. <laughs> what I think. Um, <laughs> um, given the fact that we've got a certain um, uh, an insect man coming up. Oh yes. Um. I, d- I don't want to I don't want to say the second one because that's going to be its own probably hours like four hours worth of discussion because we love it so much but the original Spider-Man I've just actually started watching this evening as I mentioned um, I'd quite like to do that one okay. because there's a lot actually I'd like to talk about having rewatched it hmm. um, and you love that film Alex I do love that, that like film big, big childhood film yours absolutely okay cool Spider-Man. Spider-Man. The OG, guys. The OG. The best one. Um, oh, God. I don't know what to do. The problem... 
I do this when I'm just doing what I do when I like think I'm thinking of a film to watch, basically. Where I'm just looking and I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, oh, I, I actually quite fancy that. I'll say that I've seen it and, then, <laughs> and make Adam watch it as well. <laughs> yeah, That's nothing I, wrong with that. Should I do something I've seen? Or just be, you know. I'm genuinely. Stunt. You can make it. We can make it superhero special. In uh, you can. Uh, we could do like a really old superhero film, something like that. Um, I know many old superhero films. Oh, I fucking hate superhero films. Um, they're great, Alex. What are, you, what are you talking about? I'll tell you what. Then we will. All right. Since you've done Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man, mm-hmm. I'll recommend Mark Webb's The Amazing Spider-Man. With Andrew Garfield. Oh my god, what an episode! <laughs> and we're going to compare and contrast. There you go. That be that's a, that sounds like a fantastic idea. There we go. I love that. Boom. Oh, boom. There you go. Da, 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 da. Yeah, while we wait Amazing. patiently for the new one, we'll uh, we'll look we'll we'll go down. We'll have a little trip down memory lane. How about that? I like that idea. I love it a lot. Awesome. Well, your next films for next episode are Spider-Man 2002? Yeah, maybe. Ooh. Ooh. Let Let me double check that. Let's go. Thank God the internet exists. Otherwise, we we just get everything wrong. I've typed in Spearman. Um, That's not... Uh, it is 2002. Well done. 2002, thank you. And... Look at that, big brain. The Amazing Spider-Man is... Oh, and you could do this. Oh my god! Like if you guess this, it actually makes a huge amounts of sense. Um, is it too? Is it? <sighs> you could do it. Two thousand. Two thousand ten, or two, is it? It's either ten or eleven. It's two thousand twelve. It's two thousand twelve. It's ten years oh, after wow. the original. Yeah. That's crazy. I thought that came out a lot sooner. That's why I said. Yeah. Well. And uh, Mark Webb. Yeah. Blimey. There you go. Oh, he's 500 Days of Summer Man, isn't he? He is. Oh, God. I talk, we I just did a... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alright, thank you for listening. This is going to be a really long one. Uh, we love you. Take care. Be safe. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. That was great.